Joe Biden. Joe Biden's America. You know, they said that in uh, uh, Trump's America, Antifa was running rampant and there was nothing we could do to stop it. The media in Trump's America was defending Antifa, saying that they were just peaceful protesters. That news you heard about destruction and vandalism, right wing conspiracy theories. While there are some violent people, the protests were overwhelmingly peaceful. And then something happened. Joe Biden became president, inherited this uh, American problem. And I guess now Antifa is wreaking havoc in Joe Biden's America. One day, not even one day, is the inauguration day. They went out and they smashed up the Democrat headquarters. I think this was in Portland, among other protests, burning American flags, trashing things in Seattle. And the Internet lit up, ragging on Joe Biden. And uh, then something kind of hilarious happened. Twitter has banned several high-profile Antifa-related accounts. Finally. Yeah, after all of these years, the years spent of complaining about left-wing extremists and terrorists organizing on their platform and them doing nothing, as soon as it's a problem for Joe Biden, gone. Wonderful. So we're going we're gonna to talk a bit about this stuff. We've got, we got some other stories. In, in, the, in the same uh, uh, vein, there's this uh, think tank guy who tweeted a disparaging comment about... Mike Pence, well, I shouldn't say disparaging, he, he tweeted that he should be, I don't know, I won't even get into it, just, he was bordering on threats of violence. He lost his job now. So uh, it's funny how we're making it this far into the, the uh, double standard now applying to the left, but it's all in the benefit of them. So we're going to go through these stories. Joining us today, we've got Matt Brainerd. Matt, do you want to introduce yourself, explain uh, who you are, what you do? Sure. Um, well, I'm probably best known as the former director of data and strategy for President Trump's campaign. In 16, um, I lead Look Ahead America, 51C3, dedicated to registering, educating, and turning out to vote disaffected patriotic Americans, as well as uh, fighting for election reform and against corporate censorship. Um, and most recently, I led the Voter Integrity Project, which brought me here last time. So I'm very glad to be a, a return guest. Right on, right on. Lugarkowski is here, peddling t-shirts. Howdy. <laughs> I am your uh, friendly parking lot dweller and, as you mentioned, very humble t-shirt vendor that sells all the shirts that he always wears. How pathetic am I? We've got, great. We, we've got, a, we got a, we have a bedroom here for Luke. He doesn't want it. So when he's like, I live in a parking lot, he's choosing to do that. Yeah. I'm a poor man. Help. <laughs> give, me, give me your monies. Go now on thebestpoliticalshirts.com. Or we are change.org forward slash shirts, whatever it is. You know how it is. That, is, that is a pretty good shirt you got there, to be oh, honest. Uh, yeah, we, we, we have the gorilla shirt. It's just not political at all. And I don't think our shirts are ever going to be really political. They might just be like jokey, you know, maybe cultural, but yeah, it's pretty good. He doesn't have enough room for all of the uh, all of the news bureaus there that could be listed. I know. I know. Uh, it should be there. like a NASCAR suit, to be yeah. honest <laughs> with you. Because Vox, <laughs> Vox is not on there. I don't. Th I haven't checked it. Uh, nope, not Vox. No. Mm. Oh mm. man, mm. is Washington Washington yeah. Post? We'll make an. We'll make nope, another. Nope. We'll make another shirt. Don't worry. We'll make a full <laughs> shirt. No, this is my next shirt. My next shirt's going to be a NASCAR it's with the, all the corporate mainstream media logos, and it. it's going to say "corporate sellout" right here. I love it. So right. I'm going to write that down so I don't forget it. <laughs> I get chilling. a cut of that, right? Yes. Yeah. Five <laughs> percent. Yes. I am a gorilla. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least a descendant of one, or we have a similar ancestor, I believe. I am the token liberal on the show. And I have smoked DMT. Ooh. I don't think you're a liberal, bro. No, but I'm the token liberal on the show, but I'm not liberal. Yeah, I don't think yeah. you're liberal. Undercover liberal. That's right. Well, undercover conservative. Left, yeah. You're definitely not no, a liberal. Yeah. Like, a, like liberals are in a weird nah, space. I think you got to be liberal and conservative if you want to live a balanced life. 
just in the right time. You know, sometimes you want to be concert conservative. Sometimes you want to be liberal about changing something. Sometimes you want to make sure something doesn't change, like conservation. There's a nuance yeah, in all things. There right? is, yeah. yeah. It's true. It's true. Right on. We also got side patch lids yeah. pressing all the buttons. I am in the corner. I do press all the buttons. I'm wearing glasses tonight. Here's Tim. There's so much news. We also have Rachel Maddow crying. Because Joe Biden won, and Yikes. Andrew Sullivan also crying. Who are these is. people who started crying when Joe Biden became president? I, they, they cried when Trump became president, and they cried when Trump left the presidency. It's like they'll cry for anything, man. You know what's funny? I once read that men cry once a month and women cry six times a month. What? But I got to be honest. I can't remember the last time I cried. Mm-mm. I don't know. Maybe Feels I'm just good. a cold-hearted, <laughs> cold-hearted uh, dark villain with no... Do you no want to cry? No, I got nothing to cry over. Uh, yeah, I think six is a little low, too. By the <laughs> it way. depends on the woman. Let's put it that yeah. way. Well, Rachel Maddow, I think, does cry a lot. And mm-hmm. I mean that, I'm not saying that to be like, haha, she cries. No, she really does. She, when the Mueller report, you know, came out that Trump wasn't, you know, colluding with the Russians, she was like fighting back tears. And that was really weird. I've noticed if I fast, I'm more likely to cry, like more in touch with my emotions. I can get to crying quicker. Hmm. More in touch, though, but in, not in control of? I don't know. I'm, I'm, like, I could make myself cry. Things. You yeah. know, it's like acting technique. Yeah, it's an yeah. acting technique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but, or I could just like not. <laughs> anyway, they cried. So we've got a bunch of stories to go through and this guy lost his job and it's crazy and, uh, you know, Antifa getting banned. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com, my friends, and become members to help support the show. We are trying to build up a strong backbone, a user base, a membership that will protect us from censorship. If we get nuked across the board, like many channels have, then we're gone. But if you go to TimCast.com and you sign up, and we have a decent amount of subscribers. We can keep doing the show forever. And I guess, you know, there's always the possibility they ban my website outright. But that seems really, really unlikely. We got, a, we got a post up the other night. I don't know if you saw, you know, we were yelling about whether or not Trump is truly corrupt. And so we actually did another 20 or so minutes, just about 20 minutes. And it's a members only post. And we're all basically yelling at each other. And it's good fun. And that's at TimGuest.com. A lot of people have mentioned they're having trouble with signing up. Just email members at TimCast.com, and we are getting it all fixed for everybody. The site is new, and there is a, I, th- I think it's a third-party problem, so we have to, like, do some kind of plug-in or integration. It's s- certain email addresses for whatever reason. But uh, TimCast.com, become a member, and it is greatly, greatly appreciated. Don't forget to like, subscribe, notification bell, and share this with your friends, because that's the real way we win. But let's get to the news. Most of you may have seen the reports from Reuters this morning. Anti-fascist protesters vandalize buildings in Portland and Seattle. They report anti-government and anti-fascist protesters in Portland and Seattle vandalized a Democratic Party office and other buildings and scuffled with police on Wednesday, protesting against President Joe Biden's inauguration. People dressed in black and with their faces covered broke windows in the glass door at the Democratic Party of Oregon business office in Portland, spray painting an anarchist symbol over the party sign video posted on social media showed. We don't want Biden. We want revenge for police murders, imperialist wars, and fascist massacres. Read a banner they marched under. The new Democratic president was sworn in on Wednesday, urging unity and restoration after Republican Donald Trump's divisive tenure. Donald Trump was so divisive when, uh, you know, Joe Biden started his presidency by saying this country is being torn apart by white supremacists and nativists and sounded an awful lot like he was calling the other half of the country deplorables, if you know what I mean. So spare me this rhetoric about, you know, Biden being the one who truly does want unity. I'll respect him trying to tone things down. But at least I can say this. He used and abused and is tossing out Antifa. The Democrats defended him. 
What was that? What was that meme you mentioned, Luke? In Toy Story, there's a scene where the toys are being thrown out, and right now there's a meme going around with the toys being BLM and Antifa, <laughs> and yes. uh, the the big uh, you know the the child in there being, of course, Joe Biden throwing them away, throwing them in the garbage. The real test, though, is when and if these Antifa members get arrested, is his campaign going to continue to bail them out of prison? Because that's how you really know if he's done with them or not. Yes, because Joe. Kamala Harris also was raising funds for mm-hmm. a lot of the rioters that broke the law. And and also what's really interesting is, you know, we had the mainstream media hyperbolically screaming about the potential of violence at all the 50 capitals that's coming our way. They were they were screaming about it at the highest decibel of, of annoyance possible. But now we do have violence, but there's a different kind of violence that just gets totally swept under the rug. No one's talking about this. What you, like what's going on here? It's It's ridiculous. Conservatives are aware of the double standard, and I'm sorry, but saying there's a double standard is pointless at, at right now. And the Republicans are more than happy to stand to it, stand to attention for the Democrats to help them pretend to provide balance to their agenda. So Mitch McConnell with his, you know, turtle smile, well, I'm eternally grateful for Joe Biden. And, and there you go. That's it. He stands up, he, he claps and cheers. All these Republicans are clapping and cheering. Yay, the Democrats won. And there's no one actually fighting for conservatives. No, maybe a couple of people. Uh, and it's not even necessarily conservatives, but like just against the left, you have this faux resistance. So what's happening now, in my opinion, and it, it, it could have gone either way. You know, I thought Joe Biden was going to throw them a little bit more red meat, maybe throw them a bone to placate them. But I guess these people just want chaos. So it's really funny because when we saw them destroying the windows at the Democratic Party HQ, these, these uh, viral videos on Twitter, someone tweeted that it was just like what the U.S. normally does, funding terrorists in the Middle East who then eventually turn on us and start causing oh damage to, right? Isn't that funny? So the Mujahideen, for instance, and then Al-Qaeda. So they, they get these Antifa people to go around smashing everything up. They say, oh, no, look at Trump's America. And now that it's Biden's America— and they go around smashing things up. It's like, Nyeh. yeah, there was their fault. There was tear gas uh, deployed in major U.S. cities. Hold because on, hold on, hold on. Right. This was yeah. Joe Biden's Gestapo exactly. stomping out anti-racist and and pro-freedom protesters, anti-fascists, anti-fascists. They were okay. just trying to help. And Joe Biden's Gestapo yeah. stomped them out. Which is, again, a 180-degree turn from where we were six months ago, where Tom Cotton wrote a New York Times editorial piece, uh, piece talking about how we need to send in the military to deal with Black Lives Matter. Huge controversy. The New York Times editor got fired because of allowing an opinion piece. Oh, oh, oh. But forced to resign. Yes. Or, or I should say, he resigned in shame. Pot- uh-huh. As I say, potato, potato. Uh, you know what went on. You know what happened there. And now there's, it's a big controversy. I, it's not even it's not even even talked about. But I remember seeing one of the Antifa signs saying, "We don't want a Biden administration. We want vengeance." Yeah, yeah. I have a picture, I believe. Yes, yeah. and it's a pretty so t- visceral picture. But people need to understand: uh, the larger base of Antifa are, are not big Biden supporters. I don't think they ever were in the first place. They weren't. Yeah. And so this is one of the issues I had with high-profile conservative personalities. That would say like Antifa is the militant wing of the Democrat Party, and I'm like, no, nah, they hate Democrats, yeah, and, and they and they they will punch a liberal in the face. But, but Democrats were eager to defend them as long yes. as they were making Trump look bad. So right. crazy. Mm-hmm. Yep, dangerous too. And now, well, what are they going to do? And look at the Middle East with Obama and ISIS. It's like 
it's perfectly on on uh, uh, you know it's it, on, on brand on brand. There you go. Yeah. yeah, it's exactly their game. Like when you use an evil demon <laughs> to corrupt <laughs> yeah, your I'm file. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I just saw this. We are ungovernable. Uh huh. Literally, right, technically listen. correct. There's you, you know what I think. There's there's anarchists like these people who are more like some kind of rabid skunk. <laughs> Just like you know, because the kunks are like all black, you know what I mean? Like they're wearing all black, and then they like they run around, and they, you can't do anything with them because they're rabid, and that's the kind of anarchist they are. And you have people like Luke who are like, I would like to use Bitcoin to buy guns, and that's the other kind of anarchist, I guess. Non aggression principle and <laughs> allowing right. people to you know transact uh, peacefully in a way that benefits them without transgressing on anyone's personal liberty or sovereignty or freedom. Did I you say know? buy Bitcoin with guns? Because I guess that would still work. Yeah. Is that what, yeah. yeah Here's so, a gun. Yeah. One Bitcoin, please. People do that. That that has happened. There's many interesting aggregate uh, aggregist transactions that happen all throughout the I guess the you'd United be selling States. the gun for Bitcoin. Yeah. It's okay. a common transaction in Galt's Gulch. Mm-hmm. Happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't want Biden. We want revenge for police murders, imperialist wars, and fascist massacres. Hmm. And you know, if you ask them, they probably can't tell you what that means. Yeah, somebody made a statement. Most of those people are foot soldiers, just enraged, angry because they're not making any no, money. But, but, they but, can see the the economy spiraling out of control, yeah. and they're, that's about they can't the see level the economy, their, dude. They I think want, they can see it, no, but they don't no, understand. No, they it. want money printed. They're the ones who are like, print more money and give it to us. It's but like, if, but prices part- are going up. Like everyone sees that. Yeah, but it's because of them. It's because it's it's like, could you imagine someone being like, we should put peanut butter in the gas tank? And you're like, that'll break the car. And then when the car breaks, more peanut butter. The car is breaking. I'm so angry. And you're like, you put peanut butter in the gas tank, dude. Machine doesn't work that way. But also another interesting facet to understand here, you know, they're going to eat their own. They're going to be fighting each other, as I was saying, uh, you know, a long time on this show. But another one is, you know, a lot of them think that they were promised police reform. And that's nowhere to be seen a part of this new Biden administration. Not that I've seen. I haven't seen any clutter or conversations or talk about any kind of reforming of the police or authorities. And no, that's kind of their main. Dude, they put the militant prosecutor in yeah. as VP. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. They put 25,000 troops in D.C. They started putting up thank you police officer signs all over D.C. Did, didn't Pelosi want, uh, quote, crew uh, manned machine yes, guns? Manned the capital? Crew manned machine Isn't guns. Isn't that gendered language? Well, yeah. we'll see, the, the, in that situation, it was threatening to them, right? Yeah. But what this Justice Department is more than likely going to be doing is going to your neighborhood police departments and hitting them with lawsuits because there are allegations of somebody getting mistreated when the cop was just doing his own job. So that's a real fear in terms of how they're going to affect police where you live in your neighborhoods by interfering with the way your local police operations are. And also with the attorney generals. Right. Like we recently saw in New York with the attorney general actually going after the NYPD for their handling of BLM protesters. So that's another case that's happening. They, they exacerbated the problem. A problem that, I mean, Luke, you and I have been complaining about for a decade now. Since back when, when the black bloc anarchist types were going around smashing stuff, there was a moment where a dude was stalking me. And then physically attacked me, and Luke grabbed his mask. Yeah. Well, me and Matt intervened because yeah. I saw him kind of going after you, and I was like, okay, let me stay close to Tim because I see they're going to try to attack him. And that's when they kind of jumped at Bro, you for, nine... for live streaming behind you. And as soon as they got behind you, me and Matt kind of jumped in and, you know, Where was took that? care of that situation. It was in New York. This nine was, years ago. Yeah, nine years well, ago. And, uh, I mean, what else did people expect? If you, if you normalize violence politically, what did you think was going to happen? And now the Democrats, the Bidens, they have a huge, huge situation that's 
very explosive right in their hands that they cultivated themselves. Let's let, let's jump to the story you mentioned, Luke. We got to hear from the Daily Caller. Ken Cuccinelli claims Pelosi asked for crew manned machine guns in Washington. I believe yeah. it. I, I, I kind of believe it. But we'll, 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 let's read. Acting Deputy Homeland Security Secretary Ken Cuccinelli told Fox News the story Tuesday that House Speaker Nancy Pelosi asked for crew manned machine guns to be part of security forces in Washington, D.C. ahead of President-elect Joe Biden's inauguration. Cuccinelli and anchor Mar- uh, Martha McCallum were discussing the presence of 25,000 National Guard troops in the nation's capital after pro-Trump rioters stormed the U.S. Capitol building January 6th. A division, Cuccinelli said, responding to McCallum's assertion that the number of troops is greater than the number in Afghanistan and Iraq. You have a division. The last up of thousands of these troops was requested by the speaker through the Capitol Police. She even wanted crew manned machine guns in Washington. That was rejected because there's simply no use for that in a security arrangement for a civilian undertaking. Just so some of this has gone beyond any legitimate security need. Cuccinelli defended the troops as disciplined and professional and said they will perform as expected, but added that the state capitol building buildings are also important to defend. The world is not about Washington, he said. It's supposed to be about everywhere else, which is what the Department of Homeland Security tries to keep secure. The acting DHS deputy secretary confirmed that threats of individual attacks in different places are also absolutely a problem before criticizing those who focus only on D.C. He says at the same time, where was the concern for the rest of America? Congressmen aren't more important than any other American. It's a good point. Boom. And everyone in this country should should be kept safe. And that's what the Department of Homeland Security has endeavored to do through this entire difficult year. Crew manned machine guns. What would that be like? Full auto 50 BMG? It's a team where one's holding it and the other one has to yeah. carry the ammo and make sure it doesn't oh, the get belt. jammed. Yeah, yeah. the belt feeder. But is that, would that be 50 BMG? Uh, I guess theoretically. Uh, there's you could many do. different calibers. Yeah, that you could do 762 belt fed. Yes. So, uh, I'd like to imagine they were like mounting 50 but, BMG and just like, like, <laughs> like Nancy Pelosi wanted just yeah. like to, like, if a human being gets hit by one of those things, they explode, right? Like a red mist. I wouldn't want to see that. <laughs> I, I think a lot of soldiers right, have, right, have dark, PTSD. It's dark humor. Uh, uh, well, but I, I want to make a point. I'm just trying to drive home how insane it sounds. But here's the thing. In 2017, when there were thousands of people in D.C. rioting and smashing everything and starting fires, they organized that protest for Hillary Clinton, not for Donald Trump. The original plan was that Hillary Clinton was going to be inaugurated and they were going to go and riot. Trump won. And they said, well, we're still going to riot. Yeah. So I wonder if... The real fear here wasn't the, 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 the specter of the far right, which typically doesn't do anything, but that they knew, like we saw in Portland and Seattle and Denver and a few other places, Antifa would have come out in D.C. and destroyed everything were it not for the National Guard. Yep. And I remember being there in D.C. You were there, too. I think yeah, we, I got all got, we all got pepper sprayed. I was temporarily arrested and then talked my way out of it with my press credentials. But it was a wild, crazy day with a lot of property destruction. We were we were walking down the street during the riot while well, we were running with the riot. And then the police set up a line. You charged through it. Yes. And then I died. getting pepper sprayed heavily. Yeah, they sprayed you like they sprayed you like in the yeah. face as he ran through the line. Yeah. And then I went into the doorway of this building. And then because this is how it works, everyone followed me. Mm-hmm. And so then I was smashed up against the door by a bunch of Antifa. And they were and some of the people were nice. They gave me uh, uh, the milk of magnesia or whatever Maalox yeah. for yeah. my for the pepper spray. I, I, I was told three times by the supervisor that I was arrested and not free to go. Yep. But eventually. A local news crew had their boss had called saying, you better not arrest our, our crew. So when he pulled out this crew, I reminded the, the, the lieutenant that I was like, hey, I talked to you. Look, here's my press card. And he was like, come on. 
and a bunch of journalists got pulled out. Now, here's a funny thing about this. I get pulled out and I tweet, just got arrested. They released me before, you know, being taken. To the, to, I was there for like an hour or two. And some other journalists did get arrested and they were so mad. They mm-hmm. were tweeting like, I got arrested. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, one guy was screaming at the top of his lungs at the cops. You mother effer, yep. you can't arrest me. And I was like, I'm terribly sorry, officer. I'm a journalist. Do your job on, you know, here's my press card. Just come and talk to me when you get a chance. Yeah. And that was it. I remember seeing the kettle and I'm like, oh my God, they're going to kettle and arrest everyone. And there's a wall of pepper spray and they were spraying it. And I was like, <laughs> I'm just going to run right through it. I got hit really hard. There was another female reporter who just made up and said, I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. So oh, I was man. like, I'm going, I'm going through this. And then luckily she yeah, they pulled her out. Get they, pulled hit. Her yeah, out. They, they pulled her out. But uh, back to the point of machine guns that Nancy Pelosi wants. She's essentially saying, protection for me, but not for thee. These are anti-gun, anti-Second Amendment individuals who don't believe in you having the right for personal protection, but they want machine guns for themselves. Are <laughs> you, you kidding me? You, you, yeah. You've got the NFA. You can't make. Was it, how does it work? You can't make a machine gun. You, you can't can, have a, a machine. You could only have machine guns within a certain year. So, so pretty much machine guns are only available for the super rich that could afford them because there's a limited supply within a certain year that you can, uh, could, could have them. So they're grandfathered in. There's few remaining. Uh, and the few that are, are only available to people who could spend 20, 30, 40, $50,000 or, or on government. Them. Or yes. the military. Or, yes. So Nancy Pelosi is leading the charge to take away your right to have these this, this, this protection. But she wants, of all things, if she said, I would like the National Guard to be armed with, with assault rifles, I'd be like, yeah, well, of course, the politicians get to carry guns. The politicians get to have security. But she... she well, but think about it. Crewmanned machine guns but is they're above in, and But beyond. they're impractical. When you're talking about crewmen machine guns during inaugurations, during big events when there's crowds, this is the least tactical weapon that you could have, especially in big cities with big crowds because you're going to mow down a and whole civil- bunch of innocent civilians and, standing in the way that don't buildings. deserve to be killed. Civilian yes. buildings. Yeah, so, so right. It's just absolutely illogical no, and listen, stupid listen. thinking by it's Nancy because, Pelosi. It's because they don't understand that full auto isn't tactical. They no. think we have to ban full semi-automatic weapons, which for one, they, they, they've actually said that means nothing. When they say uh, I, I remember at the March for Our Lives, people were like, you know, no one needs a full, fully automatic weapon. And I'd tell them like, well, you can't buy one. And nobody has one except for like these really rare grandfathered and old. And it's guns. never used in a crime here. Yeah, nobody's carrying around a light machine gun in their truck or whatever to like like it's a like it's a movie or something. Right. But that's what these people think. So here's what here's what people don't realize. Now I'm sure people can correct me if I'm wrong, but what what you should be worried about, my understanding is that a, a semi-auto is actually way more dangerous than a full auto for a deranged killer because they'll spray off all their ammo and miss, and then click click click. Whereas with semi-auto, they can go one, two, very, you know, calm and, and precise. More importantly, when you have the military, it's sometimes better to do select to, to do, you know, semi-auto or burst fire than full auto. Nancy Pelosi saying crew manned machine guns shows they don't actually know how to operate a weapon, why and, and what kind of weapon you would need for this certain circumstance. So she's yeah. should never be president. She oh. doesn't understand military. Well, I, she she wanted the DOD, was it, to go take do a coup against Trump like two weeks ago. She asked them to strip Trump from the chain of command. Well, well she has no She's considerations more. for the citizens of, of Washington, D.C. Well, well, not just that, but military, think about it. Yeah. It's much more nefarious than that, I think, because this um, this was in reaction to what happened on the 6th, okay? Say what you will about the 6th, but we're in a country here where pretty much anybody can get a firearm. Pretty much anybody can get an AR, an assault weapon, anything like that. It, I don't remember seeing a whole lot of... 
uh, protesters brandishing, much less firing firearms in the 6th. So if this was a preparation for a reaction similar, this reaction was in preparation for what they saw in the 6th, which he was calling for is automatic military weapons to be used on an unarmed population. These, this is what she thinks of the country, of the people, of the citizens. She is content with having 50 caliber military grade weapons well, aimed well, at them and ready we, to go. We, we, we added the 50 caliber part. Okay. Belt, all right. All right. All right. Belt, oh, so, so, you're right. You got me. You fed, got me. Belt fed. <laughs> machine guns. Yes. The guns that require multiple people to operate them. Let's yeah. go with that. That's what she thinks of us in the country. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised she didn't set up landmines all over the <laughs> Capitol <laughs> building. I mean, it, it would make more sense with with the, the you know actual tactical defensive positioning rather than mowing people down with automatic machine guns. So it's, it's but it's beyond the yeah. people. Could you imagine? Look, look. I was. I've been. I've been to Ukraine. I know. I mentioned Ukraine a lot because place i've been to and there are still buildings riddled with bullet holes from world war ii and cold war conflict and so i'm walking down the street we went to we went to the mall we get food and then my friend is like oh look at that building see all those holes yeah that's that's machine gun fire and i'm like they never fixed it no I'm like, wow i mean it's a poor country so they kind of just like eh, what are we gonna do about it right and remember under her leadership and the leadership of her party we had members of in our navy in hostile ports being ordered not to be armed not to have uh ammunition in their firearms taking their naval vessels into hostile ports and they were attacked and many of them died from that yet here at this inauguration she wants <gasps> what this- was what's the situation with the naval guy i haven't heard of this what happened? oh yeah it was under the uh, previous democrat administration um they were prevented from having uh armed weapons as they went into several um you know hostile uh, uh ports and there was one case where that actually ended up um, an attack ship came in. They weren't able to respond to it, and it detonated and killed a bunch of uh, American sailors. What? Do you know where that was? I'm sure we head? can Google it or Jeez. look it up. I can't recall. The, it was somewhere in the Middle East. That was that was Pelosi's. Well, it was that was when she was in Congress and her Democratic Party's leadership. They had the White House at the time. So <sighs> there you go. You can see what these people, what, what these politicians think of the people. And what they would do to them. But you, that's a good point, man. The, the people who stormed the Capitol, many of them were just bewildered and befuddled walking into open doors. Some of them were violent and aggressive, but they were. They, I think the worst we saw was crowbars. Yeah. Well, make- well, I think there was one video with one guy brandishing what looked like a firearm with, within his shirt, but I don't think he took it out and was waving it around. But I, I think it's fair to say that the magnitude of the threat was widely exaggerated for political purposes and political powers and also for the media for ratings, views, clicks with their kind of fear mongering sensationalism that drove the headlines in. And now we have some violence happening. They don't care about it because it's well, the oh, wrong hold people on, protesting. Hold on. Hold on. No. Mm-hmm. No. Joe Biden was made to look really bad today, all right? When, uh, when Antifa was, was trending on Twitter and Seattle and Portland, and, uh, well, they had to take action. So we got this tweet from Andy No breaking, Twitter has suspended several prominent Antifa accounts. The Base Brooklyn is one of them. The Base is an extremist bookstore in Brooklyn, New York, that has been used as an Antifa training center. 16,800 followers, gone. We also have... MF Jew M, the Jewish worker, 30,000 followers, gone. Revolutionary abolitionist movement, 11,400 followers, gone. And Rev Abolition NYC, gone. And I think these are just a few that Andy has highlighted. I'm sure there's a lot more. And this is, well, like we mentioned earlier, they're throwing away what they don't need anymore. It's making them look bad. They need to get rid of it. And uh, you know what? I'll say this. If they were advocating violence, if they were organizing violence, Ban them. Get rid of them. If they were just tweeting stupid opinions, then I still think the censorship is bad. 
I don't care if it's the left or the right. But you know what the biggest problems with all of the censorship stuff is? There was there's a left wing podcast that got nuked on on YouTube. I won't, I'm not going to name them. And immediately, you know what I see? I see the libertarians. I see the free speech advocates, yeah. the anti-SGWs all defending them, saying, hey, hey, reinstate them. Yep. But then what happens when it's, say, you know, Count Dankula gets mass demonetized? They go, ha, 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 serves you right, but my private business. That's a problem. Yep. When, so, when, when, you get, when you get a person like Count Dankula who will act with honor and integrity and stand up for principle and his adversaries will not, we are all at a disadvantage when we're fair and respect people and their rights to free speech. That being said, these people, I believe, were pro- I, I wouldn't be surprised if they were organizing actual violence. You know, they like to point to right wingers and they say, I see this on Reddit all the time. Well, maybe you shouldn't send death threats to people and they wouldn't have deleted parlor. And it's like, dude, there was, I think, 60 posts out of hundreds of thousands just in like an hour, like an hour period that were violent. Or I, I'm sorry, I should say there were probably millions of posts and 60 altogether that were considered to be like harsh death threats. So they nuked the entire company. Come on, man. That doesn't make sense. Twitter is loaded with extremist propaganda and calls for violence and it's protected. So if you were to tell me that people on Parler were sending, you know, death threats, whatever, I'd be like, oh, yeah, it's a good thing they were banning them. But that's not everybody. And if you tell me Antifa was doing it, I'd be like, yeah, are they going to ban them? And then they're going to cry foul and they're going to start saying, we're the free speech activists to defend our free speech. The one thing I really love about all this stuff is when I see the tweets from the leftists and they're like, we're all the free speech warriors now to, to complain about the censorship of those criticizing Israel. And I'm like, bro, we've all been defending your free speech too the entire time. And when it happens, we always speak up about it. And then when it happens to us, they laugh. So what do you do? I even remember arguing, arguing with them years ago when people were being banned, uh, independent media, people on the right, and they were celebrating it. I'm like, you guys don't understand. The hammer is going to come after you very, very soon. Here it is. It's only going to get worse. And, and this is what happens when you cheer on for a, smew, for a few small select individuals to have the ultimate power of controlling speech. It's, it's a huge power. It's going to be used and abused. If you're standing in the way of the cogs of the machines, if you're not in the right position, if you're not reiterating the right talking points at the right time, you're going to be axed no matter who you are. And it's coming everywhere. I think it was Glenn Greenwald who said it best. I think this was, um, I think it's his quote. That if there's any group of people that fails to learn from past mistakes, it's liberals advocating for censorship because it always recoils back on them. And it's true for Antifa now getting nuked. They were all cheering They're, for it. Well, you, goodbye. When you talk about censorship and Antifa violence, it's like a demon that is like, free me and I will destroy your enemies. Yep. Yeah. You're like, that all, all you have to do is release me from these chains. Trust me. <laughs> yes. And you're like, That's I, Mark Zuckerberg. I trust no, you, no, demon. And then you release the demon, he kills your enemies, and then he tries, and then he kills you. Yeah. It's like, it's he like, comes after you know, you're, you're, thank you, you're, idiot. You ever see Aladdin <laughs> when, when Jafar wishes he's a genie? And then they did the, the, uh, the part two for like straight to home DVD. Jafar's a genie now, and he's like, wish me free. It's like, yeah, you're, you're evil. And if we unleash this, you're going to hurt everybody. But you know what, man? Some people don't care. It's, or they it's, don't you, know. You, no, no, no. You're, you're, you know what it is? It's the One Ring. It's it's. I've it's, been watching it's a lot of Lord Antifa, of the Rings lately. Antifa is, was Boromir, right? And he's like, censorship is a gift. We should wield it against our enemies. You can't control it. No one can. That's exactly what happened. And they didn't get it. And now they're getting nuked.
But I think a lot of them is ignorance. So we can, you know, just spread the knowledge about the danger of censorship. That helps a lot. Not everyone's vi- malicious. And a lot of well, people are ignorant. I saw a cartoon today where uh, it's four guys in a boat and two guys are on one end bailing the boat out because there's a leak at the other end. And the other two guys at the other end of the boat are like, haha, well, I'm glad, you know, this isn't affecting us. Oh, because it's raised right. up, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're like yeah. floating in the boat sinking. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's the, the, the yeah. world they seek to create. But yeah, you know, I'll, I'll tell you what's interesting about this. So uh, I'll, I'll just show you this real quick. This is literally what Antifa is doing today. You know, we, we, we mentioned this in the previous segment. We don't want Biden. We want revenge. And there's what looks like, is that, a, what, what, is that an AK? Yeah. It looks like an AK. I could yeah. be wrong. Um, but this, uh, the, the organization, the base is, is based in New York. They have a public facing website. All this information is readily available in public. They have their open hours. They say the base is an anarchist political center in Bushwick, Brooklyn, committed to the dissemination of revolutionary left and anarchist ideas and organizing. Now, on their, on their website, it's very, you know, innocuous, right? Well, Project Veritas actually did an expose. I don't, th- I don't know if I've actually, actually have the, the full expose. Well, here's an opinion piece about it or something where they, f- they had footage from inside where they were doing combat training, basically. You know, that was self-defense training. You're allowed to do self, self-defense training. Totally, totally acceptable. I, I took a kung fu class once. That's right. I did. You know, we, we had to fight with the sticks. It was really cool. Ooh. Long time ago. Okay. Is, is that, no, no, no. It's called something else because there's two of them and you hold them like that. And we did this like they, they do this really fast, you know, fighting stuff. So that, that's fine. But there is an issue when you've got advocacy for violence, when you've got evidence that these these groups in New York have been violent and they're teaching people about revolutionary ideas and they hold extremist views and then they train for violence. You add all those things together and I wouldn't be surprised if they're posting really, really bad stuff that's going to get them banned. Wouldn't it be good, though, if we knew what they posted that they got banned for? Yeah. Like, maybe it was innocuous. Maybe it was something that um, crosses the line. I mean, we have no idea. It's always the mystery with these guys. There's no transparency in the banning process. And that is is a problem. And that's why I typically am opposed to it no matter what. Well— But I, I guess you got to draw the line if they're saying, like, go do a thing. You know what I mean? Sure. But we should at least know what they said and, and to have full transparency and accountability from these big tech networks that are literally having the most important power in the world destroying anything that, that could be made up. It's such yeah. a catch-20. I don't know if it's a catch-22 or it's just a, a, a hard situation because if they said something that's going to radicalize people, they want to prevent people from seeing it. But if they prevent people from seeing it, then we can't verify that what they did was wrong. Well, exactly. The problem is that they shouldn't get to choose what is going to radicalize someone. Every idea should be held equally valid unless it's explicitly calling for violence against someone. So every idea should be out. There. Well, and that, and if it was actually calling for violence, that's not that's not actually legally protected speech exactly. either. I mean, because the law is pretty clear. In fact, um, actually, if I can jump in here and say something about uh, this problem. I actually came here tonight with the solution to this problem. Oh, yes. A solution. A solution to Solutions, we don't talk about that. <laughs> yeah, all we do is complain. Oh, it is, I agree with you, it's much easier to complain, but but I have the solution, I brought it with me, um, to tech censorship, to deplatforming, to getting blacklisted by financial firms, and it's very simple. We have to sort of look, where do we have strength still? Because, you know, the Senate's gone, the House is gone, I, it's in the control of progressives. Um, we don't know where the Supreme Court is, but where we still have a lot of allies and people supporting us, in fact, in a majority of the state legislatures. So I believe that the solution is state-level state legislation that prevents the state and any government within the state, that's counties, cities, etc., 
from engaging in business with the social networks that censor, with tech companies that deplatform, with um, with financial institutions that blacklist people. Because, look, we kind of agree we're all on the side that it's your company, you run the social network, you can decide who's on it and who isn't, right? But you're not entitled to tax money paid by people who you are deplatforming, whom you're getting fired, whom you're throwing off your service and blacklisting and taking away their bank accounts. So the solution is for citizens, you guys out there, to lobby your state legislatures to say, we're not going to give any business to any one of these companies that does this. We're going to divest our pension funds, our rainy day funds from companies that engage in this behavior. And either if this, if you're going to get a government contract, you're going to embrace the First Amendment and you're not going to deplatform people for legal speech, constitutionally protected, um, uh, political activity or gainful employment. You're, so the way to get where we're going is basically to get these state governments on board. And one of two things is going to happen, okay? One, two, three, five states agree to this type of legislation. Either the Amazons, the Twitters, the Facebooks are going to say, okay, okay, we are not going to censure legal speech. Or they're going to say, ah, screw you guys, we're going to do what we want. And suddenly there's a space for companies that do embrace that to go after those government contracts, to go after that money, and that's how we create this parallel alternate ecosystem of financial companies, social media, and technical companies who embrace the First Amendment. This is These government contracts would be the seed money to create this ecosystem. So basically the bottom line is the state of South Carolina, Texas, Oklahoma, all these states where we could potentially pass this legislation, say to Amazon, to Twitter, to Facebook, look, you're not getting another penny from us. Or to Citibank, you're not going to kick these people off your platform because you disagree with their political ideas and continue to do business with us. So they'll have to make a choice. And them saying no creates a space for these new companies to emerge that do embrace the First Amendment. What, what, kind, what, of, what, what kind of money do states send uh, the way of Amazon and Facebook? Well, marketing budgets is one thing on the socials. Now, that's not, that's not particularly huge. But what is much more significant is their pension funds and rainy day funds being invested in these companies, as well as so many government services are dependent on contractors that use services like Amazon Web Services and those other companies that, uh, that discriminate, that kick parlor off, right? So, you know, if just South Carolina or just Oklahoma did it, Maybe it wouldn't get their attention, but you get like half the states in the country doing – those are billions and billions and billions of dollars that either they're going to have to change their policies to accept or give up. And that becomes the fuel for their new competitors who embrace the First Amendment to to get that seed money so they can grow and compete against them. And look, like I said, they're entitled to run their platforms, suppose, how they want, but they're not entitled to tax dollars paid for by me whose rights they're denying, whose rights of free expression and political activity and gainful employment they're, depl- they're, they're denying. So this is how we fight back. And um, I guess I'm going to plug this, but look ahead, America. We're going to train people next Wednesday online, as many as 3,000 people, on how to do grassroots lobbying, how to lobby your legislature to get them to pass legislation like this that says, look uh, – Facebook may kick you off, but they're not going to get any of your tax money for advertising or marketing. AWS may kick your parlor off, but they're not going to get any contracts for running the state's Medicare and Medicaid programs if they're going to deplatform you. So the moment there is a legitimate legal challenge saying I was unjustly removed from this platform due to my protected speech, then the state seizes seizes all contracts and tax expenditures going to these companies. Well, it'll be like a year period where they get to disentangle from any any, state – any entity that does not agree to basically fulfill, you know, allow people to have free speech, free legal speech without censoring it. And there's, you know, it's, every state has its different legal peculiarities, but we have like 
These are the policy objectives. It's very clear and simple. You get a state legislature to turn them into the state's legislative council. It becomes legislation. It goes through hearings, amendments, etc. But this this is how we fight back. Why, why don't we just have the state legislatures pass laws saying you can't ban people for illegal speech? Well, they, they, they tried that in Florida, I believe. It didn't go anywhere. But why not just actually get it done? Because this is, I think, easier because the state can control who it does money, do, does contracts with. You may recall the state of California banned all travel to other states that did not yes. like support bathroom laws. Yeah. The federal government, other states also have writers for all of their contracts that um, force them to um, uh, accept rules that are not part of civil rights legislation, but sort of extend it. So this is common in government contracting and very powerful tool for reform. Um, and it's just a lot easier than saying, hey, uh, social networks can't ban it because then, the, you know, it becomes a federal matter, whereas the states control who they're going to spend with, and who they're not going to spend with. Yeah, we saw Poland recently propose legislation that would heavily fine social media companies for censoring legal speech. Uh, so that's also another aspect of it. But this is interesting because many Silicon Valley companies are looking to leave California. That tax-filled, amazing place that uh, has uh, a lot of homeless people. Because of the unlivable conditions, these companies are, are looking to reposition themselves. So this could be an opportunity to, to have local jurisdictions kind of step up. I think, I mean, do you have high hopes of the organ, of this being able to be organized? And what other ties do local jurisdictions have with big tech that could be affected here? Well, look, all of these big tech companies have offices in every state capital. Why? It's because they're going after state government contracts. These are hundreds of billions of trillions of dollars in state, city, county spending. And this matters. And again, it, it's going to have one of two outcomes. Either they're going to forgo billions of dollars in revenue, billions of dollars that will instead go to their competitors, brand new competitors, which they hate and fear. Or they're going to have to relent and say, okay, we're going to permit legal speech. We're not going to kick people off our platform for, you know, you've got banks saying that we're going to stop doing business with firearms manufacturers. And, you know, if it's your thing, you know, marijuana farms, right? Because, well, this would prevent that. Or at least say the state is not going to accept payments from these banks or do transactions through these banks if, yeah. if they ban legal. It's, it's very, it's very simple. Whereas it, when you start banning like the behavior or you say a social network can't ban legal speech, you get into interstate commerce issues and, you know, this, maybe that company's located in another state. You're going to cut off internet traffic. It becomes very complicated. Whereas this is very clean cut. And I have high hopes because look, We've got a lot of people with a lot of energy who want to do something and want to make a difference and are fed up with this problem. Becoming a, a grassroots lobbyist, becoming an activist. This is what the left has done for so long, and they've had tremendous success with it because they were patient with themselves, the time it took, and because they were determined they didn't give up. I know that there are at least a third to half of the states in this country that would eagerly pass some form of this legislation. It's just that it has to get pushed and nothing moves in politics unless it pushes. So it's dependent on these folks out here to, to allow my organization, Look Ahead America, to organize them, to guide them and to train them on how to do this and how to actually make it happen. Cause we can talk all day about all the problems in the world and we've, but we've got enough talkers. Tim does a great job. We don't need more talkers. We need <laughs> more doers. We need more people doing it and lobbying well, the state legislature and getting in their faces on it. And the one thing that we're, we're, you know, we're trying to do especially is building culture. So I've often talked about, I'm just a guy complaining on the internet. And so that's why for a while we've been talking about doing this vlog where we'll start actually doing things. And that's why we, we're, we're working on TimCast.com because I'm like, I can't just keep sitting here complaining on YouTube. It's ridiculous. 
It's so, okay to be a talker sometimes. But there's going to be balance. Talkers. There's balance, right? There is a balance. So it's going to be yin-yang. We're going to do the stuff where we're like, this is bad stuff. And then we're going to be like, let's make things and have fun and inspire people to do stuff and get them into, you know, I'll, I'll put it this way. We talk about it all the time. The left will play video games and they'll live stream Twitch. They go on Twitch. They'll play video games. Which I'm doing later tonight, by the way. But I'll talk more about it later. While they're playing video games and these young people are watching Minecraft or whatever, they're talking leftist politics. Mm -hmm. And it works. That I won't be doing. Now, because, because, you know, Twitch is dominated by the left, they ban people for even a a moderate opinion. You're gone. So what we need is we need young people who are looking at cool, interesting things, getting cheered on, be it skateboarding or music or, you know, firing guns at the range, just fun stuff, demolition ranch style stuff. The kids get excited by it. And then, you know, what do they see in the background? A Gadsden flag. So then when they try and claim the Gadsden flag is a symbol of white supremacy, they go, no, that skateboarder guy's got one of those. That's crazy. I won't believe it. I like that guy. He's cool. When they tried claiming that PewDiePie was a white supremacist or whatever, because he said some stupid words and made some stupid jokes, all these kids were like, no, he's not. You're lying. And then all of a sudden, you have these little kids who are like, the media's lying. They're lies. And then I remember the story. Jake Tapper said his son calls him fake news. <laughs> think, think, but think about how powerful that is. They realized this. This freaked them Zoomers, out. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the censorship went nuts because it was several years ago. Jake Tapper said, when my kids get, get, kid get mad at, gets mad at me, he calls me fake news. Wow. Where does that kid hear that from? Yeah. He heard it from the likes of PewDiePie. They went after PewDiePie hard. He heard it on YouTube. They started going after YouTubers and purging these channels and getting rid of them. So you got to find a way to share your ideas, have them be peripheral to what you do, but inspire and, and, and create. And then, honestly, what you're talking about as well, the legislative angle. But I will say, as much as I think you are 100% correct and people need to focus on that too, one of the problems I think is conservatives go, fr- go at a legislative angle, whereas the left owns the culture. And then because they own the culture, they control the kids grow up and they're always left. Now, now Gen Z is the first generation to be slightly more right than, yeah, than it's the previous of the internet. Like Hollywood is very left. It's, it's, I, I was it, in it, that. You but know? it's not because of the internet. It's because it's a big part of YouTube. In we uh, balanced it out a lot. In it was the, very in the, far left in the nineties. But it's not because 2000s. of the internet. It's actually this is actually really obvious. In the two thousands, there were several studies done on the political ideology and children, and they found that conservatives were having two point zero one children. And liberals are having 1.7 children. Just numbers. What thing. happens when you add 20 years from when those studies were done? You now have the next generation, Gen Z, leaning a little bit more conservative. Why? Conservatives had kids more often than liberals did. It's actually very, very simple. Now, YouTube, internet, all that stuff plays a role for sure. If you're not inspiring young people, then you end up with kids snitching on their parents because their parents were seen at, you know, the Capitol or whatever, which is what happened. <laughs> And like a liberal dad doesn't necessarily have a liberal kid, like Tapper, for instance, super liberal. His kids apparently not. That's his kid too. sounds like awakened. So I, I found Hollywood dominated culture in the 90s, 2000s. I mean, honestly, way back to the since the 30s. And they are just it, you, you have to shut your mouth and play the game to live in that industry. They will fire you in a heartbeat. And as soon as the internet came around, I realized, dude, I can say whatever I want and I can make a living. This is like next yeah. level. Well, well, well that's but, why. But, yeah. 
I mean, that's why they went after PewDiePie and Joe Rogan and so many other kind of cultural institutions that weren't regurgitating their talking points and they were providing entertainment that wasn't uh, propaganda, that wasn't brainwashing, that wasn't disinformation. You turn on all the mainstream media crap, whether it's Hollywood, movies, TV series, there's so much subliminal trash and garbage and messaging in there that it's absolutely ridiculous. It's unwatchable for people who know what's going on, who know the narrative, who know the agenda, who know the talking points, seeing it again and again portrayed in so many different ways it, it's 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 essentially brainwashing according to a lot of individuals especially when you look at the deeper involvement of the state with hollywood and their active involvement with writing scripts it's it, it's a big like, it's a big game that they want to take out anyone who's not involved in it like i, I was at i actually am the rare right winger who has a master in fine arts from columbia university oh and i can tell you that my time there the uh, ideological persuasion of the vast majority of those was far, far, far left or don't really care about politics, but go along to get along with the left. Mm -hmm. And you think about who's the producers, directors, writers, as you're saying in Hollywood, like almost every show you can get on Netflix, Disney plus Hulu, et cetera. If you look at those writers and what they have, they look at, you know, middle America, patriotic America, and they, they look at it with disgust and disdain and they, and almost, I would say almost a hatred. And that's who basically anytime you put your kid in front of the television, that's who's feeding them. And, you know, it, 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 this is why I think there's a shift is because you know who's really competing with Netflix right now and, uh, te- you know, mainstream channels on television and primetime TV are, is video games. It's Call of Duty, is Twitch streamers. Those, that's the competition, and that's an environment that doesn't lend itself so easily to subtle left-wing manipulation and cultural brainwashing. Well, Twitch is dominated entirely by yeah. far, far left, hardcore tankies and full-blown yeah. communists. And if you look at the previous Call of Duty, not this one that just came out, the previous one had so much crazy, insane Russian propaganda, Syrian chemical warfare, and uh, WMDs, all of it pushing, of course, the mainline neo conservative messaging of we need more war we need to fight russia we need to stop assad all of it was directly involved in it on such a sickening level it was it was crazy to watch i live streamed that game because i was surprised to see all the pro-war sure but it's it's not it's i want to make a point though it's not quite as convincing and and uh brainwashing as say any typical yeah. left-wing show in the 90s if you're just sitting there shooting people in call of duty or something no, 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 i'm no, just no. saying it's not it's it's not yeah. as In Call of Duty, you literally were a child that was... Uh, suffering a, a gas attack by the character that was clearly Bashar al-Assad and you were a child trying to sneak away from the Russians that were killing your mom in front of you. So that type of level of propaganda, holy cow. I mean, but, it has an impact on children who are just well, thrown... Would you rather your yeah. child do that or watch um, uh, go- Gossip Girl? Well, games are more, more kind of immersive. People put themselves in games and even put on diapers because they don't want to leave <laughs> this th- that, that kind of entertainment realm. In Japan, but, but listen, listen, they're, they're, they're both Bad. Yeah, yeah, There's literally okay. AA meetings in Japan against gaming. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. I got no problem with gaming. But you mentioned Twitch, and I think I'm pretty sure the biggest Twitch streamer is like a hardcore socialist. I who's guess advocated I, I, for violence in a video game. In a video game is what he does. He'll sure. be like he'll he'll literally call to action and go in a video game. Because he knows it's like it's not a legal defense. But he thinks it is. And like, so like it, you guys should go fill in the blank. We need to go game? do this right now in a video game. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's it doesn't work. 
if they wanted if they wanted to go after him, they would. But it's it's ridiculous. I agree with you, Listen. Matt. I think I think it's the movies and TV are uber brainwashing. And when the game, the gamer has control, there's no writer. Like the games have been written and do have a plot. And like Call of Duty was extreme propaganda, especially the new one was extreme Russian like hate propaganda. It was crazy. not the new one, the one before the, the new one. I haven't Ghosts, I haven't played I, I haven't played the new one. I stopped I stopped poisoning my mind with that content. Um, but most a lot of most games are kind of uh, b- kind of neutral. The platform it's just a, a game. Well, you play them. It's mostly multiplayer. Like I don't, I don't know. know. Most games are pro gun. <laughs> sure. Yeah. First be, person yeah. shooter is a freaking genre. It's not. That's not that like Sh- first person shooter. Grand Theft Auto. Do you remember yeah. that Christchurch shooting in in what was it New Zealand, New Zealand. or in? That they were live streaming it with a head cam, and then people like overlaid it and made it look like a Doom game, and like we're getting kill counts and stuff. That's messed yeah. up. Dude. Yeah, first person horrible. shooting is is highly man- training us to become killers. It, it sounds like we're gonna get a land party going here because we've got okay. the deaths. Well, <laughs> we have high think, speed think internet. About yeah. even going back to Mario. Mario literally jumped on and crushed <gasps> turtles with dude, his and he feet. ate mushrooms, bro. And he punched <laughs> bricks. <laughs> So there's like video games, like there's like violence is a strong, strong component. And there's a big, there was always a big push from leftists to make what they called walking simulators games where the, 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 like the goal was not to do anything violent because they were like these, these SJWs were complaining. Why is every video game going to be violent or whatever? But I'll tell you, these kids are growing up playing, you name a video game and like most of the big ones are guns. Like Destiny, right? You ever play Destiny? It's like you're you're a space guardian and guns. You shoot aliens with guns and lots of different kinds and rocket launchers and first person shooters, man. But also third person shooters. The Division. What's the cyberpunk? It's all about beating, punching, and shooting. I, I was playing Red Dead Redemption yeah. last night with Adam Krigler. Soy Jesus, shout out. We'll be playing again later on tonight. And um, I was like, after the, I got done playing, I was like, how come there are no Native Americans that just like attack you and that you just mow down? And I think that. They specifically chose, it's like the Old West, but they specifically chose not to introduce that kind of violence into the game. There's a lot of I don't violence know, that in the game. Yeah. Like, but you there's can, no like, natives. I haven't seen any natives. You can Americans. like kill somebody and drag their body and hide yeah. it. Yeah. Just walk up to well, them. I, yeah. I remember not so long ago, Republicans were trying to ban violent video games because yeah. they said it would spur on you know school shooters. But there actually have been some studies citing how violent video games help people become less violent they vent yeah so they're able to vent and and you know express themselves and do really silly silly things like they do in grand theft auto and it usually according to some studies leads to uh more harm reduction like it's they're kind of metaphors for like aiming and throwing a ball at a a moving target like it doesn't have to be shooting and killing a human when you're attacking a, a character it's it's just more like representative of like building up your your twitch skill your ability to turn and fire and there's no actress i remember uh um Penn and Teller's B- show BS on Showtime. I think it was Showtime. They did uh, uh, why the idea that violent video games makes people more violent is, is total BS. And they took this kid who was, I don't remember what video game he was playing, but he was like one of the top gamers in a certain game. And they gave him an actual pulse fire, you know, AR of some sort. And he's a little kid. I don't pulse know. Pulse fire? Like, yeah. I gotta look that up. Yeah, like 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 it fires three rounds with with one trigger. Uh, uh, bur- burst, fire. burst fire, burst, burst fire. fire. Sorry, sorry. I'm thinking I was playing Destiny and Destiny has pulse rifles. I go, nice. they fire three, burst fire, and the kid pulled the trigger one time and started crying. And they were like, "This kid <laughs> plays video games all the time. He's one of the best at at this first person shooter." And then they actually, you know, said, "All right, let's let's see if you can." They wanted to see if the kid could actually hit the target. If he was going to be accurate, more accurate, like the video games were training him. 
And instead, he got shocked by like the recoil and then started crying. Yeah. And then they, like, didn't that happen away. to a mainstream media journalist that went shooting yeah. for the first time? <laughs> yes. And then he was shocked and scared. Said it was traumatized. Traumatizing. He got PTSD. Yes. I mean, yeah. it's utterly what did he? Insane. What was he firing? Something an tiny. AR. Just an AR. That, that, that's crazy because yeah. we look. We we so we we were out in the range and we had a five five six and a three oh eight, and we were all laughing. You know, firing it. Trying to, some little kid shows up with a mini fourteen. And he he was way better than all of us. He was how old is that kid? Like twelve? I don't remember. I wasn't there. To, oh, that's right. I you was weren't there. In. Yeah. So I'm like, oh man, none of you were there. So it's like twelve year old kid shows up with his dad, and his dad's training him. And so they're doing. They're very precise. Precise. And the kid was really, really great. We're having a good time. I fired the 308 a couple times. We fired the 556, and I was I was like, wow, that's impressive. Then then recently we fired some uh, buckshot and some slugs, and the recoil was way more. So. And if this guy is going to fire an AR, which I can imagine was probably like a 5.56, five, five, and then six, yeah. claimed he got PTSD from it, heaven forbid the dude ever hunted a turkey because the game load in the 12 gauge has more recoil. And this guy's like, I got PTSD from firing this. What are you kidding? I, I feel like we're talking about two different types of, of mental brainwashing. One is the actual physical act of killing so it's like a violent movie or a violent video game the other is the propaganda aspect of the movie or the video game like the writing of it and i i, think, I don't i don't I think, think that movies and video games both have that violent like action i don't think that brainwashes thing. people at all what the I, writing of a we, movie we, we've we no, no no that's different what i'm saying is we've seen studies that show violent video games don't make people more violent it's just not true but you can make people, like Luke was saying, you play as a small child crawling away as Russians running Dude, in just for no reason you don't kill think your family. That there's something to like, uh, what's the, what's the Grand Theft Auto pulling, just running up and pulling someone out of a car and throwing them down to like no. all this street Has violence? Has anyone these ever days? done that? No, no. Well, there's nobody's all this street doing violence, like, no, come on. Unprecedented dude. amounts of street violence in the United States in the yes. last five years, six in the years. La- well, no, that's actually not true. Crime, like the- crime has been going way down mm-hmm. until this past year. Until like the last Until year. COVID. And yeah. then people are angry. Pend up in their homes and they go insane. I don't know, man. And just, police officers and, and police are, are being stepping defunded. back a little bit. Yeah, yeah. To say wanna... that there's no connection between violent video games and violence, I think is extreme. They've done studies, but it's like well, it's, I've it's experienced a it firsthand. When I play a game, I what? start to think like the game. When have you ever gotten out of your car and then just? I have self control. But I, I've driven and thought like, "Ooh, there's a green van. Bro. I want to pull the driver out of the driver's seat." Like, you realize it goes, that's goes you through my mind. sounding crazy. And I'm a normal dude compared to no, like, some no. kids that don't <laughs> know their parents. That's not normal, dude. I had I've a good. I've never wanted to get out of like my a car. safe environment. I've never wanted to get out of my car and just. No, beat I didn't some. want to. I had the impulse to do it. <laughs> I, I've never had an impulse to do that, bro. Well, you don't play games as much as I do, dude. I used to play GTA all the time. No, Jim, I used to play. Let me tell you what Destiny all the time, all the time means, means when you're talking about gaming. Do you wake up at 8 a.m. and play until 7 a.m.? Yes. Five days in That's a row? A yes, in dude. Defa- yeah, in his no idea what you're talking about. In his I used defense. to play video games. Wake sun up to sun down. In his that defense, is my life. I, in his defense, I play one game, World of Warships, and I will confess that playing it has made me want to take a sailboat out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, you know what? You're right. I played Civilization, and it made me want to build a, a space program to go to Mars. Yeah, the, the space makes me want to build a space cell. I, 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 I got, I got but, the science victory in Civilization, and I was like, but I think let's that, rally a, a nation of hundreds of millions. I think that people millions. that are disturbed are way more likely to commit violence anyway. And studies, whether or not they play a game. Ian, there have been numerous I don't, I, I, I don't yeah. care Ian. about a couple of studies. What? What if some people are more suggestible than other people? That's for sure. And it's possible that we should take that into what account. If, yeah. What if, and if, if Luke and I are sitting here referencing... If get a hold of those games, it could make them 
even no. training even and crazy. Here's, here's the funny thing. Like, I just referenced there was a show from Penn and Teller where they debunked the whole thing. And Luke mentioned studies have already been done showing it's not true. And, and Ian's sitting here going, I don't care because I Dude, believe I it don't, is. So you have a few studies. And you, you have pull nothing. them up. You have literally I nothing. have personal experience. I, Ian, let me, let me I watched them put the Doom overlay over the first person shooter, dude. Let me, so I, you I would, go crazy from playing games and other people don't. No, I watched the think, Christchurch shooter with his first person camera on laughing like he's playing a game. And people also taking the video and then making it into looking like a video game. to do with uh, it. You're just, you I'm have, sorry, no, you have well, nothing to back up I, I anything would, you're saying as, as per usual. I, and you think this oh, justifies your position. I, I would make a, a point, though, that you might actually agree with in the way that they do reduce it. Because you think about where most crime happens. It's in dense um, dense urban areas around. That's where most of the crime takes place because you take those parts of the country away from the United States and we're like the most peaceful country in the world. You just subtract like six cities and we're the most peaceful place in the world. Mm-hmm. So it's happening there. So if you think about, well, crime occurs over a period of time and it's when these individuals who are, who are inclined to commit crime are inclined to commit it and they can be doing one of two things with their time. This is kind of goes back to the midnight basketball theory, right? But I think it's a little bit more practical. Is if you're, you've got this video game, it keeps you engaged and you're sitting around playing it for 12 hours a day because you're really not capable of doing anything else. If you're doing that instead of being out on the street actually doing the crimes, I think that in some ways it's kind of a palliative. Yeah. In those specific environments, not to get between your two argument, but I yeah. do think that if can you've got I, something to I, keep people I, wrapped up and engaged, yeah. they're not actually out doing other yes. things, which may and, uh, include crimes. Can or, I get a drum roll? Can I, can I get a drum roll? Drum roll, please. The, the Guardian. The table, though. The Going Guardian. Back into it. The Guardian. Playing video games doesn't lead to violent behavior. Study shows. The New York Times. Video games aren't why shootings happening. Politicians still blame them. Time Magazine. No. Video games don't cause Wait, mass read shootings. The, now read the article that says the Russians PBS, are bad. Why it's You're time to stop blaming video games for real world violence. Entertainment Software Association. Look, Science says video games don't cause real world violence. There's five for you, Ian. Okay. So it's it's time to stop the witch hunt and the psychotic Dude, lie. I don't dislike video games, man. I wouldn't take them away from a kid ever. But I am acknowledging that there's something to that we become what we do. Is five not enough for you? I, I would Is say, five? I, I would ask you a question. Study. Who did I, the study? How many people was in the study? I, I would ask you a question, oh. though. <laughs> Is can you name a single mass shooter that was moved to do that by video games? That said a video game? Well, I've never had a chance to talk to any mass No, shooters. but usually, surely they talk about what the motive, the Christchurch shooter, the his Christ motivations were clearly cam, articulated. He wanted no, it but, to be a head cam on sure, a I, GoPro so no, that you could see I it. That, but did he articulate that he wanted why? to cause a civil war yeah. by, by using gun violence to incite the left to take guns away from right-wingers in the United States. Right. Had nothing so to do with games. So I'm just saying that if it really was causing a problem, you really would have this guy saying, well, I play GTA a lot. It looked like fun. I want to try out for real. I mean, maybe they're, I they're probably are. I don't know if they're consciously. I don't know if people are always consciously That's a aware. That's fair point. Of, maybe they're not consciously aware. Well, to me, the big, I mean, if we're going to make arguments about what causes violence, we, you know, we could bring up a lot of other things. Lead Fa- in father, the air. Fatherless homes. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. For sure. Lead yeah, yeah, for exercise, sure. Exercise, lack of proper. And I don't even think yeah. video games necessarily cause, but yeah. maybe an exacerbative, uh, you know, aspect of the violence. I, you know, I don't think, I, I think, think you're this, right. That I think it's like broken point, homes is the worst. If thing. we're, if I'm going to pull up five articles, just in a simple Google search in 10 seconds, you should probably you stop pulled saying up it. Article titles. I mean, read the articles. You should probably stop saying it. If you've not even read Dude, any you of pulled it. Up like a C- CBS. Is that what you said? PBS the guardian PBS. 
Yeah. New York Times. New York so, Times, Time Magazine. Come on. If you're like mainstream, if, I mean, okay, great. Read the articles. You're just giving me names. And you've not read words. anything. Dude, I've experienced it firsthand. Well, well, That's Ian, meaningless. Ian, maybe I can find a point of agreement between the two of you. Ian, would you agree that the palliative benefit of violent video games being an outlet for maybe violent impulses that they take out in the game or take up time when they would ordinarily be out on the street committing such crimes outweighs any contributions videos may have to real world violence? Yes. You, and I think you would agree with that too because you've yeah. Of course you agree. I think okay. it's so we way have some more common, beneficial. We have some common ground here, right? Than, okay. Yeah, but I, I'm not saying it has no negatives, but I, that's my But you, do you both agree with the premise that I just laid out? Definitely. Okay. I think they're way, right. they, they help us, like, I, it helps me release tension, and I, I gain self-esteem so the gain when I accomplish it, he, things. He think, you, you think the negative is far outweighed by the positive, Correct. and you think there's no negative. So, okay, we have some common ground. Good. Yeah, it's not that I think there's no negative. Yeah. It's that over the past several... You, now couple, you think there's no <laughs> There is negative. No, no, no. What I'm saying is it's not about what I believe. Okay. What, you know what I believe? Okay. I believe there are numerous scientific studies that have repeatedly debunked this for the past two decades. And so I'm not going to – I personally am not telling you one or the other. What I'm saying is I just read five different headlines that asserted that, citing ref- studies. And I started the anecdote by referencing a 20-year-old TV show that debunked the whole thing in okay. the first place, uh, citing numerous scientists and bringing a kid out. Okay, great. You, you, you referenced studies, Tim, and you've done that before, and there are studies that say fluoride is great for you. And? There's lots of them. In fact, there's studies that say aspartame doesn't cause cancer. And that, yes. They didn't do any more studies after that because uh-huh. aspartame companies didn't want to. So you're to. a conspiracy theorist. No. That yes, studies, you are. I'm telling you, studies are not Ian. the end all. Bro, you live, you, yeah. you, you just told us that you get impulses, but you have self-control and you Tim, want to kill people. Tim, I don't, he, I don't, I specifically said I don't want to, but I understand. I've never experienced that in my life. Brainwashing. I've never experienced an urge to, to reenact GTA in real life. Tim, Tim, Ian is telling you what happens to him. And? And that's, that's all. And yeah. I don't think that, Ian, maybe I don't think that you should extend that to all of video games and all people. And that's why Tim's pulling up studies. I think what I'm saying is that if you. Ian is experiencing some kind of problem, he shouldn't associate that with everyone. Well, I'm sure. saying or, that the or problem phenomenon. is real. Well, look, look it's a simple, For simple you. it's an ontological disagreement. He is a very big believer in deductive reasoning. He's a very big believer in inductive reasoning. And sometimes they have something in common. Sometimes they disagree. And that's just but, that's what it can down to. Very well said. What, what, but how Thank can you. you read five studies and then deduce a finality from five ethics? Well, because studies. he doesn't see evidence of it to the contrary. If there was one study that suggested what you agreed, what you suggested, he would actually probably be did a little longer. Did he look for uh, evidence? I to the just contrary? Googled it and clicked did the top look five for evidence links. To the contrary? You looked for evidence to support your claim. You didn't. What, what else did you look for today? I, well, I, so now it's, now it's just a matter of time. He hasn't had time to. So I guess that's Actually, that's it, not right? true. I've had two decades where I've researched this extensively and Ian has done nothing. No, that's I've the studied problem. this stuff, man. I'll tell you the problem is that I literally have been reading for decades. I do nothing but read all day, every day. I do tons of research endlessly. And then Ian says, I feel. And I say, I've literally been playing video games for decades. And that's not research. That's you. It's personal, personal research about no, the way video the games affect your mind. The plural of anecdote is not data. Dude, okay? it is... Ian, if he yes, it is. Ian, if he, no, it if, if he had in fact spent the <laughs> if la- you're a fireman and you tell me about how hot fire is, I'm going to listen to you. Ian, the Ian if he had, of anecdote if, is not data. Ian, let me ask make ask you a question then. If he had spent the last year in a P, working on a PhD on this very subject and oh, has consumed everything, and then he said, "Well, I looked at all the evidence. I found little to nothing suggesting that it contributes to violence." Would that affect your point of Big view? Time. If okay, you had well, then, show okay, about well, that, this, then it's just a disagreement and you have of, paper of level after expertise. Paper after okay, th- right. tens so, or hundreds of thousands of people okay, that have gone okay. through it. Okay, and so found no, that's not point true. Zero, that, zero, so zero, this will one. stop when you get a PhD in a video game violence. <laughs> is what I'm so hearing. So it's, it's an issue yeah. of one, one of the biggest problems we have, in, in my opinion, with politics in general is people who think their feelings are are fact, and that's not true. Period. 
I don't care about video games. I don't care if they cause violence or don't cause violence. The research says they don't. Do you think violent movies cause people to become more violent? I have not researched it, but I believe the answer is no. I believe Why, that if you would you believe that if you haven't researched it. Because what we have seen is that there is in some because I've not done the amount of research I've done into video games and violence is like probably to me notable in that for the past two decades, I've actually been looking up articles and reading the science on it fairly often. The movie stuff, I've read a couple things. And what I've seen is there is a short term burst of aggression after watching violent films, but it's short term and doesn't lead to real world violence. That's what we've seen so far. So that's the extent that I can get. And I would probably say that suggests, no, regular people don't have impulses to go out and commit crimes because they've watched a movie. So listen, facts don't care about your feelings. If video games caused violence, I'd be sitting here saying that was the case. But politicians have used that as an excuse for moral authoritarian power for censorship for a long time. Do you think that watching someone commit a crime makes you more, more or less likely to commit the crime? It makes me less that. likely, do actually. You think, do you think someone now telling you, with the victim. Like, like someone up on a stage orating and telling people to cause violence would make them more likely to cause violence? Telling people to commit a crime? Yes. In the real world? Experiencing it with, with your eyes and your ears, Telling yes. someone that there is a tangible thing affecting you and burn it down, yes. Do you think that people can ever forget they're in real life and think they're in the video game while they're playing the game? Schizophrenics. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, me too. And we've not seen evidence of a widespread... Or I didn't direct say it was correlation, widespread, dude. I or think direct correlation. No, I think you think facts are fe- uh, fa- uh, feelings are facts. No. Then they're not. Your personal anecdote is not data. It's it, that. It is, I it think is, people can forget they're in uh, the video game, dude, and the that can that really make them me, think that they're watching a real person. The fact that you said you think anec- the plural of anecdote is data suggests data. you just don't know anything about research in general. It, the plural it, of anecdote. Dude, is you not just data. said that you haven't researched if movies cause violence, but you believe they don't. In in related news, in, in related gamifying news, I have I have a, I have a thing that maybe could put us on a different track here. In related gaming news, YouTube today is accused of gamifying the like and dislike button for all of the videos from the what? official White House YouTube channel, as there are many screenshots portraying likes that are supposedly, according to some people, being manipulated in real time. Have they, you guys heard about I, I blame violent video games for this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what you, YouTube has done this with the like button a lot. Yeah. Yeah. The issue is, though, are the likes legitimate? Yes, we don't know if there was actual individuals manipulating the system because there's usually also some bots that are implemented that do create fake likes and fake dislikes out there. So we don't know if this was the exact situation that unfolded here. But also, surprisingly, the the president that was elected and had more votes than any other president in American history looks like he's getting absolutely ratioed and dunked on even with the corrections from YouTube as his videos are having 90% dislike yeah, but percentages. That's, but that's because people voted against Trump. Yes. No one likes yeah. Biden. Right. Yeah. A lot of people didn't like Trump. Yeah. So people are like, why can't, why, why won't people show up for Joe Biden? Because nobody wanted him. Yes. But they just didn't, it was, it was, it was, the, that's why Joe Biden hid because the campaign was, I don't like Donald Trump or I like Donald Trump. Yeah, it, it still is like surprising seeing the the likes to dislikes, even with the the supposed corrections. I hope YouTube addresses the the kind of allegations because we're seeing some of the videos being unlisted, uh, and and coming back with a whole different ratio. But again, we don't know what's happening. Well, you they may know- take the Netflix solution because you yeah. remember when Net when yeah, left wing after Amy Schumer Netflix. Yeah. They, what did they do? They got rid of that system. Yes, right after Amy Schumer's yes. like Netflix special debuted, and it was like promoted everywhere. Rotten Tomatoes, I think, gave it a ninety eight percent when actual 
actual critics gave it what? Uh, I think I forgot the exact 10%. score. Ten percent. Yeah. Ten percent. Oh, and then and then they were like, "We have the perfect solution here. We're just going to totally get rid of all the percentages, so you can't even see the exact ratings." only left up to the professionals. And again, we're seeing people's voices just being slowly taken away. We saw this with comment sections a couple of years ago. I was screaming about it. I was sad to see it. But now I think, I think with this happening, they're, they're, they already disabled comments on the official White House uh, YouTube channel. I think it's only going to be a matter of time until they disable the likes and dislike button because it is... It is I, I wonder yeah, if that's legal, big. though, because... They, sorry, but yeah. you remember... Um, uh, uh, Trump was brought to court for using his presidential account to block people. They said he yeah. couldn't do that. I yeah. wonder if they're if that's worthy of a lawsuit uh, for their disabling comments yes. on YouTube. There was court proceedings literally saying yeah. Donald Trump can't block people because Reply Guy's jobs was literally replying to Donald Trump. So, uh, I, I mean, I, what was the? Do you know the court rulings on that? What happened? Yeah, they that? said he had to unblock the people he had blocked. Did he? Did he unblock it? Or was I, that I imagine so. most of them? Wow, most of them, not all. Wow, now they're all out of work. Those AOC, guys. Yeah. I believe AOC still has a bunch of people blocked as well, and there's a couple yeah. other Congress people that are getting sued as well. I'm, I'm seeing, yeah. I'm seeing a bunch of people tweet being like, "Man, Donald Trump must be so bored right now. Yeah. He's uh, golfing." And and also, YouTube just recently also expanded his suspe- <clears throat> suspension for another two weeks on YouTube. Yeah, hey, he's gone. Yeah. They're not bringing him back. So, and a couple banks have also canceled his accounts. So, yes, uh, impeachment proceedings are still going to continue in the Senate. And, um, yeah, things are not really looking uh, that good for Donald Trump, to say the least. But things are uh, uh, looking really good for some of our favorite TV hosts. Oh, yeah. The world is always brighter with authoritarianism. Ugh. It's bringing some people to tears. Aww. Check the story <laughs> out. If I Okay, if, for those that are listening... Uh, we're going to start off this segment with me asking you a simple question. And, and don't look if you haven't yet. Don't look. Who do you think cried when uh, <laughs> Joe Biden won? Which which anchor on TV cried? Probably all the right wingers. All right. I know this one. but Who, I who is it, Luke? Uh, Miss uh, Maddow. Rachel Maddow oh. from the Daily Mail. Who is the big, Who is media's <laughs> biggest Biden suck up? Rachel Maddow cries on air while Al Roker fist bumps the president, and the new press secretary, Jen Psaki, gets a very warm welcome. Rachel Maddow said that she'd worked through half a box of Kleenex on air. Amazing! Oh, yes, weeping on air and making fun of Trump staffers. Rachel Maddow, a well-known Trump critic, confessed on her show that she worked through half a box of Kleenex while watching the day's events. I'm a faucet that can't turn off. I remember the last time she almost cried on TV was when the Mueller report came back that Donald Trump wasn't colluding with Russia. And you could see her struggling not to cry. And there's that really funny video where the lady's like filming with her phone and she's laughing and she goes, she crying. <laughs> oh, I love that. It went so viral. It was amazing. They say ABC News' Byron Pitts drew criticism for calling Biden the nation's papa in chief after listening to his inaugural address. I love this one tweet. This, uh, this New York Times uh, bestselling author said, we can now rest, uh, I can, uh, no more 3 a.m. waking up with anxiety. It's like when you were a little kid falling asleep in the backseat knowing that dad was driving and everything would be okay. And I'm just like, uh, I wouldn't want to fall asleep in a car with, no, with, with Joe Biden driving it. I'd want to be <laughs> holding on and I'd be wearing my seatbelt. But here's where it gets interesting. It wasn't just Rachel Maddow who was crying. It's also Andrew Sullivan. Isn't Andrew Sullivan a conservative? I'm not even sure Never what, Trumper. where anybody is now. Yeah, I don't even think it matters. He tweeted, just walking the dog and finding myself in tears. Relief, patriotism. 
the ceremony the ceremony restored something inside. Oh my god, that's kind of scary. That's you know so what I mean? Sad. Like the cult like um uh, the, the cult like a view of the American in, in industrial machine. You know, the people who look at uh, Joe Biden and the establishment and they just want to drop to their knees and, and worship the establishment and they cry when the establishment power is returned. Who is they, it that was walking their dog? Andrew Sullivan. It's, well, it's, it's like all of the murder and all the death and all of the authoritarianism. They don't care. Just <laughs> Well, they've got a four year, at least a four-year vacation ahead of them because, yeah. you know, they don't have to do any critical reporting. They just have to repeat what's said after. Uh, fed to them by the White House press office and the DNC. They don't have to do anything anymore. It was so hard with Trump, you know, like having to do work. Yeah. Do their jobs. Yeah. Yeah. And and now, literally, a lot of their coverage is aesthetics and the clothing. Did you see those sneakers? Yes. Yeah, man. Look at those chucks that uh, Kamala Harris is wearing. I mean, that's literally, I think it was ABC News that sat her down. I mean, we're talking about one of the most important people in our political discourse right now, and you're asking her about sneakers? I mean, are you kidding me? There was another anchor on MSNBC uh, that I tweeted about that compared Biden's administration to the Avengers. Literally, she said, they are superheroes that will, quote, save us all i tweeted well he's more like thanos with the snap of a finger who's going to take away half of your income and uh, it's just absolutely ridiculous to have this kind of glorification of of politicians of power which again just shows you the utter lack of responsibility and duty that these supposed journalists have for their profession it's not a profession it's literally just brown nosers here's the issue right when a bunch of middle American, you know, people who lost their jobs start cheering for Trump and making these silly drawings of Trump riding a tank and like or riding a velociraptor, I don't care all that much because they're regular people, the regular people who believe in Donald Trump. When the mainstream corporate media uses the might of their billions of dollars to prop up one political party and destroy the other, that's disconcerting. If, if, if I see a group of people like, you know, I've never really cared all that much about the Q stuff because I'm like, I don't care who these, these people are. They can believe, they can have their little forms. They can believe whatever they want. I think it's bad for them. I think it led to bad things and it's sad. But what about the, the other conspiracy on the left, the crazy Russia stuff, the Putin calling Donald Trump during the Capitol riot and they prop it up? You know, it's difficult to actually get in to find these communities that are full of weird conspiracies. It's difficult. It's easy to turn on MSNBC and then hear fake news and propaganda and insanity and then start believing it and they want that yep. q is just a much less effective version of cnn and the new york times much less dangerous so they create these conspiracy theories they incite riots with blm mythology that says that cops are just going around gunning down innocent black men because they're black i mean they, they invented this mythology this the, the country burned the entire summer because of their conspiracy theories uh, q just causes some awkward moments at thanksgiving Right. Well, a lot of people who stormed the Capitol were Q people, like the the Viking guy, right? So some bad stuff comes of it, right? He also some, believed he was some, an alien, sure. though. Yeah. But he was, no, 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 no. He, he, well, yes, but in the body of a human, who pra- and he practices life magic. Okay. Okay. Oh. And he explained that he was his presence there was to ward off the dark magic people who would see him and then go, whoa, we got like a, a, a big player. We better back off because well, his life magic was powerful. Yeah, that's the insurrection we were facing. Could you imagine a government by that guy? It's like... It, 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 like the national religion would be the incoherent ramblings on the Dr. Bronner's soap bottles. He would probably get more likes on YouTube than Biden. 
from I, I bet he's. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I have a feeling he still thinks that he preserved a bunch of people's lives. He's like, if I wasn't there, so many more people would have died. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And maybe he did. Guy. He looked kind of funny. Like he brought a levity to it. So sure. look, look, the, the the Q stuff. It's 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 it, it, it bums me out. These people just want to believe it. You know, they want to believe that. I'm telling you right now, they still believe Trump has got a secret plan. They think the new capital is in Florida and Trump is working with the military. And I kid you not, because I tweeted this on the 20th, like how long until they start saying that, you know, the real plan was to allow Biden to be president. So that way they would confirm the crime and the treason had been committed, Uh because if he didn't assume the office, then the treason never happened. Right. They really believe it. Sorry. No, go ahead. I was just saying that, you know, the way the media decides to focus on that particular group or it always makes me wonder because they can never quite answer the questions that. So, like, let's say Q supporters was five percent of the public. Uh, maybe it's significant. But what if it's really like point five percent? Is there any ever measurement? Because they sort of focus in on this demographic of crazies and, and make it seem like, well, that's common, that's mainstream. And they do this constantly with like they find some extremist or some weirdo and make it seem like it's representative of something large when in fact it's barely even that entity or, or it doesn't exist at all. It's with the Caliphate uh, podcast that New York Times did. It was completely right. manufactured. Yeah. So like all this attention that cues get, yeah. Who, who, how many people actually are quote unquote Q? Has there been a survey done that established them as something more than 1% of the population, if that? Yeah. But it was given life because of the major censorship efforts. A lot of people who spewed the Q stuff said, well, if we're not legitimate, why is YouTube, why is Google, why, why is Facebook and Twitter censoring us? And that, of course, created a situation where the conversation didn't take place in front of everyone. It took place in other parts of the internet that are far away in seedy places where crazy people go to discuss different things and it even came to a point where youtube started banning and deleting videos that were critical of of q people so so how how they can say, we, they yeah. say in whenever they get censored they say over target yes which is means that oh no like we've we figured it out that's why they're reacting this way they're trying to ban us because we were right Yes. Jack Dorsey actually sort of admitted this because you remember after Trump was banned off of Twitter, um, he sort of and then Parler was kicked off. He made his little tweet thread and it was very slimy and I don't think authentic. But in the beginning, he says that banning Trump and the other platform, you know, what happened to them has, in his words, he said, caused the conversation to become fractured. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what you're describing, because if we're not all in the same place talking, we can't all correct the, you know, and if somebody goes really far off the reservation, well, we're all still here. We can just pull them back yeah. and put our arms around them. But when they're off on their own, there's that communication has yeah. been broke because they've been banned off the yeah. platform. There, there was literal people saying, okay, let's look at these Q drops. Let's, let's break them down. Okay. This didn't happen. This didn't happen. This is an assertion. They, they say this is going to happen. Let's actually look at this. Let's see if there's any evidence. Let's see if there's any documents backing this. Nothing. And slowly talking people out of it. Those videos were deleted Bro, from YouTube. They, they thought that Mueller was working for Trump. They said that Mueller, they needed a way to get in a special prosecutor with a deep state realizing it, and that Mueller was pretending to investigate Trump for the press, but it was actually going to be about Hillary Clinton. And then it never happened. And they claimed to have found the location of these camps, and they went to these places, and then there was nothing there. And it was years ago that people like Cernovich and Jack Posobiec, some of the highest profile Trump supporters, were like, dude, it's not real. People don't want to let it go. And then when I, I remember, it's just been you know, for the past several weeks, people saying Monday's the day the, the states are going to start flipping and the arrests are going to happen. The storm is coming. Nothing happens. Yeah. This- and I, I remember the day before inauguration, 
I had people posting on, I see people posting on Facebook, tomorrow is the final day. They're waiting for the last moment. Then Biden gets inaugurated. And then all of a sudden there were these crazy posts popping up like, what's happening? What's happening? I'm so confused. And then the next day, it's all part of the plan. It's all part, of the, it it's like, all part of the plan. Was it a real thing with someone that actually had info, but then no. it just got co-opted by nope. crazy people that are like, I'm going like, to pretend like I'm Q and trick like, everyone? No, it's like Nostradamus. It's like you make, oh, someone you make some I'm going to make a prediction for you right now. The Dark hey. Eagle. What? The moon. Green blades. Grass. Friday. <laughs> At some point in the next several years, someone will find this clip. And they will associate those random things I just said and be like, he was right. I didn't say anything. <laughs> or I could ask questions. Oh, cute. As he asked questions. Why is Nancy Pelosi wanting machine guns? Why is the National Guard refusing to answer why they're there? Yeah, they asked a lot of questions. That's what Q does. Yep. Ask questions. Why is the military moving a plane in the dead of night to, to Joint Base Andrews? Why did another plane go to Texas? And they call themselves Q because that's the name of that guy from Star no, Trek. No, because Next of Q, or Q clearance. What's that? The highest level of security clearance you can get. So uh, they say. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, it, I don't know if that's true. I don't know I don't about security know. clearance. Well, a lot of people attribute what happened with Q as a government-run psychological operation as a PSYOP, because if you look at the effects of it, it essentially undermined not only Donald Trump, but any form of legitimate criticism of government. You know, instead of actually mm -hmm. considering what the government has been doing, the American foreign policy, where our tax dollars are going, people were talking about riddles on the internet and looking for things that weren't really there at all from the very beginning. And when you see the cause and effect, a lot of people are saying, hey, this was directly done in, for nefarious purposes that essentially backfired on anyone who believed in it. You know, you know, what, you know what else is just like that? Voter fraud. No, here's my point is because, look, this type of research I did was into something that was much more concrete and practical, whereas these voter fraud conspiracies just made it seem like the entire election was um, a result of voter fraud. Now, I've said what I've said in other channels about what I think would happen, but the problem is what this has done is distract us from something that had a much bigger impact than illegal ballots, which was over the last four years, with hundreds of millions of dollars, the left went on a registration march. They did aggressive voter registration, voter engagement, and voter turnout that was unmatched on the right. That had a much bigger impact than anything related to fraudulent ballots, voter fraud, etc. However, because we're all absorbed with this voter fraud thing, we're not paying attention to the real problem, which is those uh, uh, conservatives, those on the right, are just completely negotiate, uh, uh, did nothing on the voter registration side to match what the left was doing. But as long as we're talking about voter fraud, we're not paying attention to the real problem, which and, is exactly what you've said. And it was the, a lot of rule changes over the past year. That, that too. It was, it, that, was, it was well before COVID that Pennsylvania passed the law, and these are Republicans, by the way, for mail-in voting. The, so that's, that's why I say the whole thing was actually Trump getting oceans 11 the right. real, the real, the real moves were made well in advance of the election, and we were watching it happen. There was even controversy where Trump was like, you know, oh, don't vote by, you know, oh, vote by mail is bad. Oh, wait, 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 you should vote because they realized it was actually disenfranchising his own voters. The Democrats had planned this for a long time. Stacey Abrams has been running a massive get out the vote campaign and fighting legal battles to maintain voter registration rolls and things like that. So I, I, I agree with you. Yeah. I think it happened a long time ago and. I think that's what uh, you're working on now. Yeah, well, look ahead, America. Our primary mission is registering, educating, and turning out to vote disaffected patriotic Americans. I have a database of millions of American citizens who are patriotic, who are not registered to vote, and we're going to go into their communities just like Acorn would do in the, on the left, or Stacey Abrams would do in Fulton County, engage these people, 
get them registered to vote, educate them, have events, do real community organizing, and turn them out to vote on election day because nobody on the patriotic side has done that. And that's what our primary mission is. And um, and the problem with all this is I bring this up and then people say, well, what's the point? Um, they're just going to steal the election again. And again, I, I made the point that illegal ballots did have an impact, but nowhere near the impact of the voter registration and then the, lowering the bar to make it easier to vote, those two things together. I think, yeah, mail-in voting. Uh, Republicans overwhelmingly voted in person, and then you had uh, Democrats who overwhelmingly voted early. And so a lot of people don't realize, I hear the same thing over and over again about like the late night, you know, boosts for, for these candidates. And it's like, it, yeah, those were, those were mail-in ballot dumps. Yep. And they were from urban centers, which yep. are overwhelmingly. So you take these two factors that Republicans don't vote by mail for the most part, and urban centers are overwhelmingly for Biden, and you get a 95% Biden drop. It makes perfect sense. Right. You could see it all coming. And so now what the left has been saying is that Stacey Abrams saved the country. Because her get out the vote campaign in Georgia won them the Senate. I also think the Republican Party burnt themselves to the ground by not supporting Trump and by not supporting the people. But, you know, here we are now. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens because Trump is talking. Uh, well, I should say it's been reported. Trump is floating the Patriot Party. But I'm, I'm, I wonder what you think about that, Matt, because you're, you're, you want to get people to register to vote. What if people okay. come out, they get registered, and then they go and vote Patriot instead of Republican? So, uh, you know, as a C3, we register anybody who asks us for help for it with it, regardless of any of their background or their partisanship. We're just about educating people on patriotic issues such as H-1B visa abuse um, uh, or uh, corporate censorship and election integrity, that kind of thing. But putting on my general consultant hat, I think that any third-party attempts are primarily um, operations driven by narcissism and that – Here's the premise, okay? The premise is that you don't have enough power to take over the Republican Party or the Democrat Party and then win a general election. So somehow you're miraculously going to build a party from scratch and then win a general election. Here's and here's a hard truth that even I have trouble accepting, is if your electoral coalition doesn't have people in it that make you deeply uncomfortable, deeply uncomfortable, it's probably not broad enough to win a general election. It's painful and tough medicine. And that, that it's, it's, you know, but some folks just can't accept that. And look, I, I use the word narcissism about third parties. And I'm going to explain what I mean is that we all know the story of narcissists, right? He's, he, um, was fell in love with his own image reflecting back in the lake and he couldn't move away from that and he died. And his, I believe his problem wasn't that he found himself to be so beautiful. He saw in himself perfection. That wasn't his problem. His problem was that he could not find enough beauty in the real world to leave that and go seek real nourishment. He fell in love with the ideal, which did not exist, rather than falling in love with the real, that while imperfect, still had nourishment and the ability to sustain him and to grow him. And when you look at a political party, GOP or Democrat, and you see imperfection and you only insist on perfection, that that doesn't exist. That gets you nowhere unless you're willing to work with other people who are flawed, whom you disagree with, whom you may strongly disagree with on some issues. So your refusal to engage with other Republicans because you think they're sellouts or rhinos or let's say you're a Democrat, you refuse to engage because you think they are their own by the banks. Well, that's your own narcissism refusing to accept the fact that this is the real world. And if you want to get anything done in electoral politics, you don't have to love it. But you've got to find a way to work with others, and you can't just fall in love with your own reflection and go off and have any impact that matters. 
Very good points like made. That, and I yeah. think also a lot of Trump supporters are absolutely disenfranchised with all the latest moves he's been making the last few weeks. And, you know, for, for a lot of people that I'm seeing are, are really, really disappointed, especially with the pardoning list uh, that essentially is a big debacle. Yeah, he could have come out. He could have done one yeah. thing, you know, could have been Julian Assange. Instead, we got crooked cronies, the Detroit spies, Some people deserve it. Some, mercenaries. Some it's okay. I can understand some of it. I can. But it's a, it was just a big letdown. You know, yeah. I have many, many criticisms of Mitt Romney. I could criticize him all day long, but he did very one very smart thing, I agree, is that when he was governor of Massachusetts, he didn't pardon a single person. <laughs> and if, if you get a president who abides by that, because the pardon power is really kind of weird. Yeah. It's weird because it doesn't seem to fit in with the rest of our government where it's all law and order. There's a process, checks and balances. You, you know, you get convicted, you can appeal, etc. This is like a magic wand that exists outside of everything. Um, and I, I think, you know, to his in that that's the only thing I actually think I could say that's good about Mitt Romney is that, you know, if we had a president who embraced that, he'd probably avoid a lot of trouble. Because then yeah. if he came out at the beginning and said, I'm not going to pardon anybody, it doesn't exist, then all the lobbying and corruption that surrounds trying to get those pardons would immediately evaporate. Or what if he said, I'm going to pardon everybody. You don't, you don't need to lobby. <laughs> I guess all. so. All right. Yeah. Everyone. That crazy guy who was on drugs, <laughs> pardon. Joe Exotic, get him out. Heck Joe yeah. Exotic, get him a limo. Could no, a president do that technically? I'm yes. Pardon. Yes. Every single yeah. one. What? Why? At least from federal crimes. What? Yeah. Federal charges. Wow. Why, why can't we get a president who just does something? Just yeah. like, just do like, so I'm, I'm not saying pardon murderers or like, you know, diddlers or really, really awful people. I'm saying Trump could have sat back with a big old stack of paper and be like, let's see, distrib- distribution of marijuana, you're free to go. Dude, if we it's were nonviolent offenses. That's, what I, that's what I mean. If we were to get a president that defied the military industrial complex, how would that work? They would have to flee <laughs> the country and, and like work abroad. I, I think it would be a problem though if a president did that because what would happen is that the responsibility that legislators have and the process of passing legislation, House, Senate, then President sign it, it would basically neutralize that. And then we would become this entity that's completely subject to a president's women. You know, no, we, but, but they can do that with executive orders. He can instruct the FBI, for instance, not to arrest people for drug charges. There's limits. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's different than pardoning somebody who's been convicted. Right. And there's some limits to what a president can excuse, you know. And we did this before and it was a mistake. I, I, this is a little bit arcane, but the Congress passed a, um, what I would consider anti-free speech campaign finance reform bill. Many of them knowing that things in it were unconstitutional, unconstitutional restrictions. And what they were going to do is just count on the Supreme Court. Oh, the Supreme Court will fix it. Well, it turned out the Supreme Court didn't fix it, and they didn't actually get around to even changing some things about it for another 10 or 20 years. So what I think would happen is it, this: the legislature would abrogate the responsibility to uphold the Constitution because they just assumed the president would do it or the Supreme Court or somebody else would do it. So I think that would be a downside to your very wonderful fantasy. I just want to see somebody for once. You know, look, there are a lot of people in jail that we know shouldn't be there because we have too many rigid uh, judges and, and lawyers I'll tell you, uh, when I was, I think I was, how old was I, 20 maybe, I got pulled over. I had just gone to uh, Colorado to visit my sister on Fort Carson because her husband was in Iraq on the ground as a field medic, and she was terrified and, and distraught, and I, I came to, to you know, just hang out with her and provide her with some company. When I came back to Illinois, I got pulled over uh, by a cop, and I had no idea why. I had done nothing illegal. I wasn't speeding. And the first thing the cop does is he walks up to the window and he goes, you Tim Pool? Uh, yes, sir. And he goes, out of the vehicle, you're under arrest. And I was like, uh, what's happening? He goes, you're driving on a suspended license. I am? I had no idea. Because if you're under the age of 21 and you get two moving violations, two different tickets, they suspend your license for three months. 
I didn't even know that it happened. And I didn't realize that I had previously gotten a bogus ticket for speeding when I wasn't. I was exiting off of Lakeshore. I was uh, onto Belmont Avenue from Lakeshore Drive. I was going about five miles under the limit. And a cop pulled me over and gave me a ticket. So here I find myself now, my license suspended. I had no idea, never received notification, had my license and everything. And the guy says, don't worry, I'm going to I-bond you if someone can come pick you up. And I was like, okay, I guess. When I went to court, the prosecutor asked me, you know, what I, he was like, what, what are you going to do? If you plead guilty, I'll give you, you know, we'll do this, that, and this. And I said, can I just let you know what was going on and like what happened? And he said, sure. And I explained everything. And I was like, look, I was, I was coming back from visiting my sister. I had not received any notifications about a suspension and I'm really sorry it happened. And he goes, ah, oh, thanks for your confession. Uh, so it's a year in jail or you're going to plead guilty and we're going to give you court supervision and you're going to pay a fine. And I was like, okay. And then when I said, when I went to the judge, the judge asked me if I had been coerced and I said, yes. And he said, what? And I was like, yeah, he told me I'll go to jail for a year unless I just tell him I'm guilty. And the judge rolled his eyes and said, get a lawyer and come back. Does it make sense that someone who's 20 who got one, who got, who I, I got a tail light out and a speeding ticket. Now they want to throw me in jail for a year or threaten me with that. I think that makes literally no sense. And it's ridiculous that our system has become so rigid that they would say, I don't give a damn about your family. I don't give a damn that your brother-in-law is serving in Iraq and you want to do the right thing. You broke the law, whether you knew you did or not. Oh, you were just driving, not breaking any laws. In fact, my, one lawyer told me he had no right to pull me over in the first place. It was a violation of the, disclo- the uh, what is it called? The uh, probable cause? No, the, dis- the, the exclusionary uh, rule that he, I had to have committed a crime to get pulled over in the first place. But I had no way to fight that. I had no way to get a lawyer to say, why did you pull over my client? Uh, well, because I ran his plate and saw his name. What if it was someone else driving the car? That was not a legal stop. Therefore, it's out. No, I couldn't afford that. I had no way to fight it. And so here I am, some 20-year-old dude who, who had never got a notification. No one says to you when you're, when you're 16 or you're 18 getting a license, by the way, if you get two moving violations, we'll suspend your license. They don't mail you notification at all. Just one day you get pulled over. It's happened to so many different friends of mine. And they actually threaten you with jail time for something that, for what? For what? There's no, there, there's no human, can, there's no human emotion in the system right now. And so how many people are rotting in prison for something as nonsensical as that? Especially when it comes to someone who wanted to smoke, smoke a little weed in their own, in the privacy of their own home, hurting nobody. And so I'd love to see the system f- for once. Look at all the people who have been arrested for, for advocating for jury, jury, jury nullification. You guys know about this. Luke, you know about oh, this. Oh, yeah, 100%. The, the, the juries have the ability to nullify if they think someone shouldn't be punished for it. But if you advocate for that, they'll arrest you. Really? The system is broken. Is it illegal to advocate for No, well, but they do it anyway, and they charge. They, they, they give people on contempt of court. Well, the question is, though, what are you going to do about it? I mean, you're talking that's about why, it. What are you going to do about it? That's why I like the idea to finally get a politician who's going to look through all of these different cases. And I'd love to see a president say, you know what the first thing I'm going to do is? Oh, we're going to do executive orders. But I want to see oh, I want to see advocacy and review of as many poss- cases as possible to figure out if we can be human beings again, to see if people actually deserve to get mandatory minimums. There's a story I learned when I was at Co- College of DuPage about a kid who was whose family was watching their neighbor's home. And he went inside and he took a beer. And he got four years in prison on a mandatory minimum for robbery. And the, ju- and the judge re- refused. The, the, uh, the judge said, it's a mandatory minimum. You went in the house and you took property. And when they said, yeah, but we were asked to watch the house, it doesn't matter. You went in and took someone's property. It wasn't yours. And the people who live there said, we, we, we don't care about the beer. We invite them. Doesn't matter. The prison rejected the kid. This is a story that I don't, I don't you, you can look at this up as Illinois is a story that I was told. And this is now 16 years ago. The prison 
when they when they reviewed the notes on what the story was and why he was getting four years, they wouldn't let him in the prison. And the judge intervened and the kid went to prison. Yeah. What the what is wrong with this system? I, I have. Or, or I, hold on. I, I got, I got okay. another example that sure. I think is really worth noting here. Or if you're in California and your child misses school and then you have Kamala Harris as the uh, you know prosecutor there who's going to punish the parents and literally have criminal charges brought on them because of that. And so many, about yeah, it. Uh, there's actually a Harvard law professor that came out and said, on average, an American a day commits three felonies on average because of how many laws we have on the books and that's to me way too many laws and that's and that's a good yeah. point too but you know on on top of that i'm just trying to point out that there's there's no humanity yep. in the system at all it's the uh, like illinois has mandatory minimums for drug charges it's like dude come on are we really going to take someone who's got an addiction and lock them in a prison for 4 years it's not solving the problem it's making it worse and they don't care look at what happened in michigan when these juvenile detention centers the judges were selling kids to them the system oh, yeah. is broken right, right. in so many ways and i wanted trump to just take a hammer and just whack it just a little bit not break it just give a big middle finger to the messed up nature of how the system works but i would i would i don't mean this as criticism but i think there's a fatal flaw when because when i asked you what are you going to do about it you said yo i just hope wish there was this politician or this president i wish president trump it's got to be you tim it's got to be you. And these methods that I brought up, th th this is hard work. It's hard work. And I hear your complaints. I understand it. But we have to remember something is that the country that we have, where we do generally generally like the country despite yours, this country was founded because a man rounded up a bunch of other guys on Christmas on at, in the middle of the night and crossed a freezing river and fired guns at other people. Yep. Because our great grandfathers drowned in mud in trenches because our grandfathers died on a beach. So we, for us to expect that things are going to go well for us without making similar efforts or even efforts, even 10% of that, I think is, is unreasonable. So the, all of these problems you're talking about, mandatory minimums in Illinois, I know there are groups that are out there active, actively lobbying to reform them. And it's not going to happen overnight, but it's one step at a time. This issue with uh, uh, young people getting two moving violations, having their license, what happened to you? There's a, There are multiple solutions available to us. Get that prosecutor. Those guys are elected. You can get rid of them or change the law itself. So all these things are fixable but it, it takes time it takes effort it takes training and organization and i and so we are we are doing stuff we got to do stuff we're we're talking about it on, on our show and bringing you on because you are the guy with boots on the ground working towards those solutions i have always been uh you know i used to do fundraising for nonprofits. that and helps my, my, my it was always uh it was always marketing and events and awareness and I'm still doing essentially the same thing, building awareness and spreading information in a certain capacity. So if I can highlight the issue and then I can showcase what you're working on because it'll help solve those problems, then we're doing the, we're, we're, we're doing the right thing. Absolutely. And, and to those the best C of my abilities. Those C3s, I'll tell you, if you do fundraisers for them, that's, that's manna from heaven because I can tell you from somebody running one, uh, it's, you, you'd like to think it didn't matter, but money matters a lot for everything from like mandatory minimums to election reform to getting the, we need professional staff to train and organize these grassroots lobbyists to get out in the field. And everything is expensive. Everything costs money. So I, I, my hat's off to you. If you actually step forward and, and do fundraisers for organizations like that, that, that is some, that is tremendous. And it makes a difference. Can you're, people you're, donate to your 501c3? Uh, look ahead America.org. Um, sure. What do you use the money for? Um, well, we would be raising, we have staff that we would send out into the state of Virginia this year because there's an election to literally go door to door 
um, registering Americans where we know they live and they're not registered to literally stand outside of Costco for 18 hours a day and outside of Walmart registering people um, with and going to high school football games, going to evangelical uh, Hispanic churches. And remember, when we register somebody, that's not the beginning. That's not the end of our relationship with them. That's the beginning. So we're going to continue communicating them, letting them know how important it is that they vote, what issues matter, where politicians stand on these issues like mandatory minimums, for example. And then when the election comes, turning them out to vote, making sure they're educated on where the candidates stand on those issues. Now, we don't tell them who to vote for, and we're not partisan, but that's literally what the money goes to, is having people go out and train volunteers and re- and going to these state capitals, like we could go to the state capital of Illinois and organize people to go talk to po- their representatives. Because, you know, these these representatives, believe it or not, they're not, that, they're not geniuses, right? And many of them have like 20 issues in front of them, and the reason those issues are what's in front of them is because that's what got pushed in front of them. So if their constituents start pushing these uh, mandatory minimum and say, hey, we got to get rid of these, suddenly they'll do, they'll do something about it, but they don't do it unless you get, a, you know, not physically or violently, but you got to get in their faces and make sure this is an issue that will determine whether or not they get reelected. And then they start to listen. And figuratively get in their face, like literally approach them and say, hey, I want this changed. Uh, politely, always right. polite, but um, passionate, well-informed, and um, always, you know, ready to engage them on in a, this is how the democracy works is once because if we're not going to do it this way, then I mean, just imagine what you saw on January 6 times a thousand plus automatic weapons because that, that's it's either this way or some other alternative. This is this is well, all we've the, got. The famous quote is those who make peaceful revolution impossible make violent revolution inevitable. I've heard that. Yeah. Who was that? JFK said that. Who's that? It's that? a genius quote. I'm going to look it up. It sounds like more like a, a one of those um, Che Guevara type. Maybe, quotes, but, but you don't have to take it to its the literal idea of like overthrowing your government. It's just generally, if we can't change the government and solve these problems, then people eventually explode. Right. But I don't think you get to go explode if you haven't tried talking to your, if you don't know the name of your state legislators and you're complaining about things, then I, you're, get out of here. It was yeah. Kennedy. Come on, man. Yeah, it was Kennedy. Kennedy, Kennedy yeah, those yeah. who wow. make peaceful revolution impossible will make violent revolution inevitable. Yeah. Yeah. Remarks on the first anniversary of the Alliance for Progress, 13th of March, 1962. Well, there it is. Because How about we jump need. over to them? Super Chats. Yes. If you haven't already, smash the like button, hit the notification bell, subscribe and share the show if you really do like it. because That's the best way to help. But also go to TimCast.com. Become a member because our first Super Chat says, when are you guys going to talk about Twitter refusing to take down <laughs> bad stuff, bad videos of children? Yes. Oh. Uh, we're going to do a bonus segment because we're going to get into... Like, this is a serious story. There's a lawsuit going on between Twitter and some very, very serious issues. So this is going to appear on uh, TimGuest.com. I'll talk about that. The one benefit... So, look, I don't like putting things behind paywalls when it's very, very important news. There's also uh, concerns of YouTube silencing and shutting down and protecting their allies in Silicon Valley. So one of the reasons we set up TimCast.com was to protect ourselves from the threats of censorship. And we are going to go and rail and go through this, you know, story and stuff. So stick around, become a member of TimCast.com. And, uh, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to really rail against these big, these big tech companies. Geary Vision says, you're right, Tim. The first M16s issued in NAM were automatic but were quickly retrofitted to semi-auto because soldiers would disregard training by using spray and pray huh. instead of aiming and firing, which is more effective. Jeez. That's why it's the M16A2 oh. that they have. Oh, the A1 was, was fully automatic. The A2 went to a burst. It wasn't selective. Like they could, but they got rid of the select full auto because... Yeah, the A1 had full auto. Then they got rid of it. So it was basically single burst and safety. 
And those of us that have civilian versions have safety and single. Yep. Yep. Interesting. Gareth Green says DVD didn't exist when Return of Jafar came out. It was the age of VHS. Yeah. Thanks for letting us know. Alexander Ferris says, I totally agree with you guys. Indeed, I hate censorship. Free speech is good. Screw censorship. I hate it. Political correctness is so stupid. Yes. Sean Anderson says, but didn't Joe Biden say Antifa is an idea, not an organization during the presidential debates? How can this poor man fight phantoms? <laughs> that is a good question. All right, let's see. Eric says, have you seen the video of Biden saying salute the Marines while walking past Marines without saluting them? Yeah, maybe he was just telling his wife to do it. I saw that video and people are claiming that he was instructed to do it, like someone in his earpiece told him and then he just repeated them instead of doing it. Or his wife was in front of him and he said, salute the Marines. I hope that we but don't. If, why would his wife salute the Marines going in there? And, and people say that they did see an earpiece in there, but it's just kind of weird. What, oh, yeah. Why would he like tell his said, wife and him not do it, though? Why, she's yeah, not why a, would they tell him to do it? He's in the military. She's not. He's the commander. She's yeah. not in the military. Yeah. So he, they were telling him to salute them, and he just repeated it? Is that well, the theory? Well, that's the theory. Yeah. Oh. But who knows? I hope that we don't go down a path of hating on Biden. I kind of want to avoid make pointing blame game anymore, because that Biden, happened for four years, and it was really annoying. I hear you. I hear you. Biden is literally the devil. He's the most evil man ever on okay. the planet. Uh -huh. He's the. Yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I think Biden is. I think he's crooked. I don't like the guy. But uh, uh, you know, well, if he does good things, I'll say he did good things. You know, if if he comes out and he. Uh, I know. I can't start personally. I can't well, he's already him. bolstering our troops but in the I, Middle I, East, right? Gonna... <laughs> well, he's considering uh, reversing Trump's uh, orders, sending troops home. So. Uh, I mean, when you look at his foreign policy, it's very hawkish. Yeah. Donald Hutchins says, Tim, first super chat, joining the website today. Thank you for speaking truth here. Uh, uh, thank is to your here is to your building a truth empire. Well, to the best of our abilities, not everything I say is correct and not everything we say is correct. We just uh, will try to be honest to the best of our abilities. And uh, for those of you that have joined, if you're having an issue, you can email members at timcast.com and we'll get you sorted. It's a new site, so there's some bugs. We're getting them, we're getting them fixed. There's a third party plugin or something because certain uh, email providers aren't working properly. But we'll get it fixed. We'll get it fixed. Just, you know, members at timcast.com. Nuclear Winter Gamer says, I bought a 3D printer this, this new year and will try and make things for myself and not give money to CCP. There's no reason why we can't make things. Seriously. Could you imagine if uh, you just bought a 3D printer and started manufacturing basic goods? Like you bought a bunch of ABS and like, what do people need? What can you make out of plastic and get printed and then sell it on the shelf? For Custom built parts that you can't easily get unless you're uh, unless they're shipped from China. You could just now 3D print them if you have the right skills to do so. And if you have a 3D printer, you can tell your friends, you know, just a little bit of profit on top and I'll print it up for you and it'll be ready in a couple hours. It's a lot of work. I mean, we have a 3D printer here. I'm still trying to get the basic kind of understanding of it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's fun. It's really cool stuff. Patrick Mulligan says the Jacobin Biden Jesus cover was an obvious joke. You know, we realized that at the end, like maybe it was supposed to be tongue in cheek. I guess the issue is there were too many posts from actual leftists. I referenced it where they talked about the sun breaking, like the clouds breaking, the sunlight beaming down on Biden. And so I was like, why would I assume that was a joke when they've been tweeting all of this stuff nonstop? To be fair, Jacobin is leftist, not establishment necessarily. And so they've been critical of Democrats. So we probably should have caught that one. And that's on us. By all means, feel free to rag on us. I'm sure the leftists are. Scott Hale says, Tim, big question. Why won't a social media platform pay a percentage of data into uh, info revenue and ad revenue to all its participants? I feel like this helps both parties lift up the bottom of society. 5% would be would be big for most. 
Maybe, but uh, Twitter's got, what, 300 million users? Their profits aren't nearly that high. You'd get a penny. I, I, I've, I've heard people say the whole, like, buy your da- own your data stuff. And I'm like, they make point zero, like, they make, they make point one of a cent, you know? Uh, Minds is doing it. If you sign up for Minds Plus, so it's like, I don't know, it's 10 bucks a month or something, then you get a, they split 25% of the revenue with the user base, the Minds Plus user base. Oh, interesting. You but there's check m- those the, numbers, the revenue but isn't just snap. from Minds Pro. It's like there's other sources of revenue, and then it's just I, I mean, it feels like you Minds should. Plus. It's some way for you to make money off the fact that you're allowing yourself to see advertising. I mean, it feels like I should be paid to look at advertising, like well, in a monetary but, form yeah. through the but social look, networks. If if you have a hundred people paying ten bucks, all right. Yeah, it's th- more than that. It's it's, uh, it's based on your the the no, activity no, listen, that you drive through Minds Plus. If you have a hundred people who are in the pro back. program paying ten bucks, that means Minds makes a thousand dollars and then pays out two hundred and fifty back to the users. It's kind of pointless. I think that's the yeah. That's uh, but if just, you're the one that does a lot of activity you might put ten dollars in but get forty dollars back so it's not about percentage it's about activity based yeah they pay back of the of their revenue they pay back 25 percent of it divided equally amongst the people like substack is that what it does well i I mean they you draw people eyeballs to content either on a social network or on a website and they're kind of just the managers of the the ads placements and revenue collection they just I think Brave also shares ads that you see uh, yeah. on their platform. So, All right, let's see. Texas Horse Rescue says, Count me and Matt. Texas spends a fortune on state contracts with these tech giants. Hit them in the wallet. Stop hate. Create. Good ideas change the world. Texas is at the top. Of, I was just there in Austin, and that's at the top of our list for this initiative. Cool. And I, I, look, I look forward to seeing you at our online training session a week from now. Heck yeah. Jason M. says, give us a website, please. I want to work with your guest. Tell us how. Lookaheadamerica.org. Right on. Gar- uh, Garhent says, put out a digital magazine for D&D adventure- adventurers and content as part of TimCast.com donation. Imagine having orcs being savage and drow actually being blue. Wizard of the Coast has remo- uh, has- removed that. Find writers. Ian, you want to make just D&D books? Create and, like a, a mythology of our own. Call it something different, but use elves well, we were, and dwarves and dark dwarves and drow and drag. Well, hold on, hold on. We were talking about doing a culture war D&D kind of thing that was like way over the top. Like a, yeah. Yeah. You know. I mean, the the rule set's open source. Yeah. So do they just want like a magazine, like a story art or, or um, a, a digital magazine game. for D&D adventurers? <sighs> so badass. I, I, I wasn't cool <laughs> enough to play Dungeons and Dragons as a kid. You're so, always uh, cool enough. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, it's just me says, Matt, I tried to donate to lookaheadamerica.com and it wouldn't allow me to donate. Is it lookamerica.org? Look, look ahead, America. Look ahead, America. Look ahead, America. Yeah, yeah. I think this is amazing and I've been encouraging friends to get involved. Hope to be on the Wednesday training. Sounds good. Cool. Let's see where we're at now. Uncultured Barbarian says, uh, check out Operation Trust sometime because it's basically Q, but in the 1920s Soviet Union. They used well-known generals to convince the monarchist that they had a secret plan in the works to bring back the czar and, uh, and the Bolsheviks. Huh. Sound well, interesting. I mean, that's one way to do it, Whoa. right? Let's see. No Dice says, I'm a 20-year-old, uh, 20-year-old from enemy lines here on Long Island, and I can say that we Gen Z is a bit more right-wing that some give credit for. It seems to me that patriotism is a form of counterculture. It is. It's true. Yeah. Mr. Hunt first name Mike, says, a nation in distress. We are turning our flags upside down. Many people are. I've seen that. Yeah. Alexander Ferris says, Bloodborne is violent, but I don't think it makes people violent. 
violent video games is a good it is a good think it's free expression i love this debate we should i would love to go like way way deep on this because i think it's like so pervasive in society video games undoubtedly are pervasive in society and uh, i just I, I love it Brady says so when does the division go from game to documentary a lot of people pointed out that dc looks like the division 2 have you guys ever played the division 2 no but i remember hearing that it had references to dark winter yep. the official dark winter. the official war game that happened uh that you know joe biden that biden keeps, said yeah. is going to yes, happen yes. <laughs> amazing yeah. choice of words yes. joe uh-huh. so operation dark winter was a war game about a pandemic uh, the, the Division, the first game that came out, you, you're in New York, it's quarantined, a virus has been released, and Directive 51 has been enacted because the country is in danger, and Directive 51 gives the ability to create a new continuity of government, essentially override the existing government, and then you are the Division, agents going in to stop these rogue groups. So then the Division 2 takes place in D.C., and there's barricades and fences everywhere and rogue groups around D.C. It's a really good game. I, I, I played both pretty extensively. Yeah, good fun. The, 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 the New York design was amazing. They, I remember like living in New York and playing it and explaining to people that I knew where everything was because I lived here and I knew where it was. It's like, oh, we got to go to Radio City Music Hall. I know where that is. Just follow me. Like everyone else is like, we'll look on the map. You don't need to. I live cool. here. It's just down the corner. And we turn on. It wasn't it wasn't to scale or anything like that. Fran Pham says, Ian, there are Native Americans in in uh, Red Dead, Red Dead oh, Redemption 2. Awesome. In fact, the later half of the game is centered on them. Red Dead Redemption 2 mostly doesn't have the natives violently attack you and vice versa because that's, well, you know, yeah, what, not PC. I know. For better or worse. <clears throat> Let's see where we're at. Sinjito says, impulse to cause harm. Ian needs some therapy or something, man. <laughs> that might be true. Joshua Brunson says, Ian and Tim's discussions are the best. You see, that's entirely the point. You belong here, Josh. <laughs> uh, Goatman Jack says, I love when Tim and Ian get heated, LMAO. Especially when it's about video games. I, I feel bad about trying to broker peace, no, because you... maybe I just sort of thrown some kindling on the I fire. You did both. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah? You're well, both movie. What do you think about movies? Yeah. You're tempering well, welcome it. to my Steel. world. Okay, that's my you, should have, you should have joined my side, and you should have joined Ian's side. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Totally down just, for just, but, 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 yes. but not, like, argue with us. Goading us on. Yeah. Luke's just like, you're so right, Tim. Don't, let them, don't take this from them. <laughs> I'm going to do that next time. <laughs> What did someone say? Uh, HTTR says, Ian, please don't carjack anyone. <laughs> I won't, I promise. Uh, George Urichich says, in 2077, what makes someone a criminal? Gaming. That's the joke from the, uh, the commercial. Isn't it like illegal to game in China? They, they banned online gaming. Uh, well, some people are so compulsively obsessed with it that they started to uh, like ban people from uh, gaming too much because it's it creates too much social harm. But there was something about they didn't want them interacting with the outside world, so they like ceased their ability to play multiplayer games with like <laughs> Americans. Hmm. I, 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 don't, I, I, I don't remember that. Yeah. Delamar says Ian is stepping on it. Youth crime stats have gone down. All crime. As the rise of video game play over 20 years, stop equating internet trolls and sick jokes with FPS. Sporkwitch says, books were blamed for deviance, then comics, then rock music, now video games. It's the same progression of scapegoats as always. No evidence that it's causative. Some correlation with violent people being drawn to them. That's a good point. 
Oh yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe you're just a violent person, Ian. Oh, you know me so well. <laughs> yeah. But no one really wants to talk about the root cause of violence. That's the thing. It's always scapegoated. Violence so you guys made a very demon. very good. What do well, you think very, it is? It, well, it's demons. Obviously, they yeah. enter your soul at <laughs> it's, night. It's, it's probably and demons. And then you wake up like kill. <laughs> Socioeconomic conditions, fatherless homes. Demons. You know, there's things to really argue here. There's things that we should really have a conversation about, but that's never going to happen because it's all something else. I feel like Trump was a good example of people that didn't have like strong relations with their father would, would look for like a strong male figure, and he just offered something. So the first time that they'd seen that, and that's why he has a lot of like young men, I think, had a lot of like young men well, as his... Jordan Peterson was giving purpose and responsibility yeah. to young men. And that's why they were they were drawn to him. He said, find the heaviest thing you can carry and carry it. Where So I think one of the big factors to, in today's day and age is the millennial generation and much of Gen Z, you have the leftists who have found purpose in social justice. And then you had a bunch of not super politically active people with no purpose. And then they found someone like Jordan Peterson, the left realizing that their opportunity to radicalize and indoctrinate was being stopped by someone like Peterson called him a Nazi and all right and all that stuff when he was literally just like a self-help psychologist being like, you should work on yourself and be responsible. And they're like, no, don't teach them to be responsible and have purpose in their lives. We need to tell them the only path to purpose is through us. So he was a threat. He studied like the Gulag Archipelago and the rise of totalitarianism. He's like, I've studied the Nazis. I know where they come from. And they're like, he's a Nazi. Yep. It's like, what is we going got on? We have, a, we have a very important super chat. Cassetto says, everyone is always focused on the idea that video games make people violent, but I'm over here in the corner trying to choose the dialogue option that doesn't upset the NPC. Yeah, I always <laughs> play as a good guy. Yeah, it's the a really first playthrough. No, you know, but yes, I, there's a funny meme where it was like, now that I've beaten the game through as a good guy in, in my first playthrough, I'm going to play as evil. And then it shows like, I can't remember which game it was. But there was an, uh, someone asked, like, do you like my work of art? It's taken me a long time, and I've worked very hard on it. You can choose. It's the worst thing I've ever seen, or, like, it's terrible. And then it showed the, uh, a picture of, uh, like, a video guy g gaming crying, like, pressing the button. Like, he couldn't, he couldn't insult the NPC. It hurt his feelings. <laughs> That's funny. Let's see. We'll move down here a little bit. Daniel Bundrick says, the children of the revolution always eat their parents. Mm. Oof. We got a lot of super chats. Ooh. We got too many. It's because we got heated. You can tell the chronological order because uh, it's mirroring how our conversation. Yeah. We got yeah. to, then we got to video game discussion, and yeah. uh, it's funny when you watch the live chat along with videos. Some people are like behind, and they'll be like, so you'll see the chat. They'll be like, ah, Ian's an idiot, idiot. and they'll be like, oh, I can't wait to see what Ian said. <laughs> it makes him an idiot. Daniel Maxwell says what Ian is saying was also said about Dungeons and Dragons before video games became common. In both cases, the only people who actually do engage in violence as a result were those who did not have a firm grip on reality, firm grasp on reality. Yeah, remember the the D and D scare? It yeah. was like in the eighties. Yeah, they were claiming it was like demonic, and and Magic the Gathering had to change their art because religious groups were offended by it. Let's see what we got here. Akapot says, be fair Be fair to Ian, Tim. Don't harm your team dynamic for arguing micro versus macro. Ian wasn't arguing on the macro level. Listen to his insights better, bro. We can all do this better. It's what we need most right now. That's well, very there you insightful. Go. I like that. Jack Gilchrist says, the military, according to ex-trainers, use realistic video training simula simulators in part to desensitize soldiers to killing. Immersion in realistic killing may not cause violence, but it makes it easier. Interesting. Jeez. 
Lizard says, hi, Tim. I'm a 19 year old libertarian girl. Very grateful for your show. My coworkers talk about about causing harm to Trump supporters at rallies like it's nothing. Crazy times. I'd love to see you have Kyle Kalinske and or Jordan Peterson on. I would love to have either of those individuals on the challenge with someone like Kyle's. We can't tell someone, hey, don't do your show. Come to our show. They're going to be like, but I have to do my show. And it's like, yeah, I get it. I was thinking we should get Jordan and his wife when we get him. That'd yeah. be cool. Well, Michaela might come too. Yeah. 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 Well, maybe we could do a weekend special with Kyle. Does he do shows on the weekend? I don't know. I wouldn't mind working extra on a Saturday or Sunday. I'm down. I would like to take Kyle to a, a range. Yeah, let's do that. That'd be fun. He's a cool dude. Yeah. He really is. Uh, Kyle and Crystal Ball are really awesome. Uh, they, they, there's, there's, there are a lot of people on the left and a lot of people on the right who are both grifters. Um, I like to give credit where credit is due, and I think Crystal Ball and Kyle are red. Crystal is great until she banned me from her show. What? She banned In the you? middle of the show. Wait, what? In the middle of the show, she texted her producer, and he came over and said, you're out of here. What happened? Wait, really? Why? Well, I made a joke, and I didn't mean it as an insult. I didn't mean it as an insult per se, because in many circles, this is a compliment, and was the reason that, you know, the, the type of person people said we should nominate for president of the Republican Party. I made a joke about um, Beto O'Rourke being a beta male. Mm. I just made, you know, beta, that the beta. That's, that's, that's what I said. And so they, she kicked you off? In, in middle of the show, kicked me what? off. And I used wait, to, wait, I was invited wait, many times. Crystal Ball. Crystal, but what, Crystal and Cigar or, or what? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I was on their show a few times. Their producer loved me. It's easy trip. I went in and then they all came on me like, after I made that comment, I, I was like, well, I tell you why. It's because he ran away from the police and didn't accept responsibility for it. It's cursing everywhere like immature child and, and running around on a skateboard because I think beta male is basically an immature guy, right? That's my take on it. Although beta male was so, supposed to be like the savior, right? Unless he was good at skateboarding. I'm know. sure he was great at it because plenty I can do of times. Switch blunt. I've seen your, I've seen your, uh, <laughs> whatever it is you guys ride on the ramp. I've seen the ramp. Yeah. No, but I said that. And then the other guest jumped on me for like promoting toxic masculinity. And she got, it's basically like I used an ethnic slur. It was, was her reaction. And we went to commercial break. Texas producer, very upset. Producer came over, said, Hey, you're, you're out of here. And they, they never brought me back. So I've been wow. banned for the show for that. They wouldn't just let you be like, Hey, don't do that again. Well, no, I'm like, I would tell you, this is why I use those words. And uh, you disagree? Okay, that's cool. But nope, it was like... That's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah, I like the alpha, beta, gamma talk with like... Gamma? Well, I, I think of myself as an omega. I was like, what is an omega? Because like, no, I'm the omega man. You're not an omega. Omegas are like... They omega. Kind of, they, they don't really... They've kind of given up on being the Omegas alpha. Are, are black... No, omegas are black-pilled individuals who are short and is, have physical defects. I was, getting, I was getting all sorts of different descriptions of what the omega was. An alpha male was, is a confident leader. Yeah. Betas are those that surround themselves... That surround the alpha. So people think beta means weak. It doesn't. The beta is lieutenant. Is, is like the, a subservient personality kind of, and, and inoffensive and non-threatening which is why for no, a while no, 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 said, that's not true well that at least in political speak that's what the world of politi- beta male consultants this, was met it's like the opposite of a trump an, an alpha male would be trump and yeah. then dad scavino would be a beta that's not an insult it means that he's the he's the second in command or he's one of trump's lieutenants Th- that they, definitions i get i get it I, yeah. I, then, I, then you have omega males from. omega males are the hunchbacked like you know the, don't look at me yeah. i don't hear and they, they can't socially interact starting properly. to identify with that okay go on yeah so people think beta means weak and you know ineffectual or whatever the the, the beta is the guy who's standing behind 
there's like a tall guy in a bar going like, huh, you're so dumb, I'm tough. And then his friend goes, yeah, you tell yeah. him boss, and then high five. The Omega's them. the outcasts. Right. That's me, I think. The betas I are high-fiving the alphas, like, the alpha goads. I've been and, so you know. jaded by the situation that I'm just here to play. But beta, you're right. In colloquial speak, it's come to represent, you know, like weak Well, men. not necessarily weak, but just non-threatening. And for a while, they, I was sitting at a, a, a political conference, and this consultant to Mike Pence sat next to me and was talking about the fact that, you know, in 2016, we really need to mod- nominate a beta male because that's who the women really want. And that's sort of the context I used it with on uh, Crystal Balls. Well, to go back to that, because and apparently that that caused a big controversy. And it's like the top six of my Google search results are, you know, the the controversy. And I got death threats from that. So you know, and I'm not I am not saying that complain about it. I, I anybody. I always sort of wince when I see somebody in the public complaining about death threats. First of all, somebody's going to kill you. They're not going to threaten you first. Yeah. Secondly, um, everybody who sticks their neck out even a little bit gets all kinds of crazy stuff. But it just it solicited so much of a reaction that it got. You yeah, know, I was searching like all this stuff a couple nights ago and um, was noticing all how it was like giving me the descriptions of the identity politics definitions mm-hmm. of it all. Like beta beta on beta is like two guy or a woman and a two women. In a, a beta woman, uh, and it was giving me all the like the transsexual people type descriptions about it all. I had no idea that it was involved in the you know LGBTQ community. But, such yeah, me neither. In fact, you know the funniest thing about them kicking me off for calling him a beta male and you know making fun of his name, the alliteration, is that all of their supporters got on Twitter and said, "No, you're the beta male." Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, okay, all right. I guess it's whatever. Yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. That's a bummer, though. Uh, you know, I guess nobody's perfect, but uh, I've, I've, I've been on with Crystal and Cigar. Sounds like we got to have you and Crystal cool. on the I show. I was there before Cigar. It was Buck, who is a great guy. Oh, that's right. That was a while ago. Buck Sexton. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it would be fun to have, uh, it, it would be fun to have, you know, one of these like lefty personalities come and, you know, I would love to. learn about firearms. Just don't call yeah. anyone a beta male, okay? I mean, you know, you know, what's a real bummer is that we're we're always more than willing to have any lefty personality or on the show. But it's 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 I think too, too, too many people are just grifters. You know what I mean? That their whole game is just riling up the people behind them. They got their base behind them cheering and clapping and they're going to say whatever they got to say to get that attention. So, you know, we, we've had on a few personalities that were like libertarian, left libertarian a little bit. And we've gotten thumbs down and people in the comments like yelling at us and stuff. And I'm like, I don't care, dude. Like, I'm not, we're not making an echo chamber for you. We're, we're trying to get multiple voices on the show. We'll argue. Ian and I just argued. We argue. You know what I mean? It's like, you're, we're, we're not going to just say what you want to hear. If you want that, there's a bunch of other places you can go get it. So speaking of that, Cease O'Fay says, Tim, please put shoe on head. Put your shoe on your head. Oh, put shoe on head. Oh, I thought he was saying have shoe on head on the show. Oh, uh, I don't have any shoes up here. I'm actually barefoot I, right I got now. One. Me too. Well, you can you can I get it. No, there no, no. He said, he said you got a nasty shoe. He's he walking around with dog poop everywhere with your little. I clean up the fumble. dog poop. Luke's dog's name is Fumble Bump, by the way. No, Atlas. No, because what happened was we were in the basement and Luke had treats yeah. and was trying to call her over, but you were calling her Freedom. Yeah. And then I just made up a gibberish word I while shaking Swedish gummies and yelled Fumble Bump, and then she like fumble looked bump. left and right, and I kept yelling, and Luke's like Freedom, and then she ran to me, so I'm like done. <laughs> No, but he named he her. He keeps Atlas. calling her Fumblebum all That's the time. Fumblebump. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you keep calling her that. I'm like, you're gonna make her like crazy. No, so. it's just gonna be a command that only I can use with your dog. And then when I'm like breaking into your trailer at night, she's growling. I'll go Fumblebump, <laughs> and then she'll go happy and like, oh, I know what that means. That means my friend. Why is are here. you breaking into my trailer? 
He did this once, by the way. With yeah, Alex Jones. Yes. Yeah, Luke was, was sleeping, nice. and Alex pulled up, and I was like, I had the camera, and I was like, yeah, let's go to ask Yeah, me and Luke's. Alex have a turbulent history, so it was weird. <laughs> taking I know, a nap. that's why it was I great. Either, I, I either meditate or take a nap the before the show. I was taking a nap, and I wake up with Alex Jones professing his love for me, telling me that he's... <laughs> That we were in a relationship before. I'm like, dude, we were about to fight last time we talked about gonna, 10 I years gotta, ago. I'm going to put that footage up. Now you're here in my room. What? What is like? Is this yeah. I'm going to put that strange. footage up. I have the footage. Yeah. I just got to get it from my GoPro and then we'll. we'll and then you'll exploit me to the fullest degree. Of course. Probably, yeah. But at least I get to sell my t-shirts at, <laughs> at thebestpoliticalshirts.com. EW says, Tim, new Timcast premium member here. Evan W., when you have a chance, contact me. I'd like to intro you to a data center to put your vids on for better throughput. Got good ideas for you. We're actually upgrading everything. So we we might be solving a lot of these problems, but feel free to to email members at timcast.com. Dude, uh, Ben set up the system where I've got dual wires coming into my room. One can be a server. Yeah. Ooh. A whole server we, network. We can't handle a server, though. I don't. I w- it would be great if we had our own servers, but you need a ridiculous amount of, of bandwidth for that that we do not have. Mm. Yeah. A lot of people requesting stuff and all that, whatnot. Iron Ghost 1982 says, what race class specs do you guys play in WoW? Well, I haven't played. I played Shadowlands a little bit when it came out, and I kind of just rolled my eyes like, eh. You know, there's only so much I can do with the story. And, uh, but I worked really hard to get a Void Elf, and now I have a Void Elf Rogue, because, um, it's been too long since I played. But the, the, the Void Elf has the teleport ability. You guys, you guys, I don't know yeah. the Void Elf new race. Yeah, it's, a, it's from, um, I think Legion. You gotta complete, maybe it's not, it's, I think it's Legion. Maybe I'm wrong. You have to complete a whole bunch of quests. It's been a while since I played. This is like a year ago. And then once you finally complete everything, you unlock this special race with an ability where they throw a rift and then you can blink, like teleport Ooh. to the rift. So I love doing PvP with my rogue and then I'll like slice and die somebody up. And then once I kill one of their dudes and they're about to kill me, I just throw the rift and then go the other direction. Tim is pure rogue, by the way. We played oh, totally. last year. You're human rogue? I think in D&D? Human- no, in WoW. You were a human yeah. rogue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, well, I unlocked Void Elf Rogue and then made a Void Elf Rogue. Mine's a Night Elf Druid. That's my go-to, which is so Ro- Chris. Rogue is, that's is just the best. You can walk around, be free. But a rogue, uh, a druid can turn into a cat and play like a rogue. Not and a, turn stealth into is a not bear. as good. Stealth is not as good. No, it's not. And uh, Druid you know, can heal, though. That's true. Druids, druids are pretty fun because they can do everything. We got a big old super chat here. Uh, SH says, these people saying games desensitize you to violence against others are just wrong. The amount of problems we soldiers face after killing sticks with us for a long time and causes many problems for, from drinking to suicide. Nothing helps us deal with taking another life. Yep. Yeah, man. Life is not, uh, this stuff is, yeah, it's bad. The double X54 says, hey, Mac, I'm, I'm in the northern VA area. How do I volunteer for your organization when you guys are up here? Uh, well, we're, we're getting started there. We have a volunteer form on our site where you can tell us what you're capable of doing, what you have to offer. Look at america.org slash volunteer. So sign up, please. Very cool. All right, let's see. We'll just grab a couple more Super Chats. Gavin Roth says, I think y'all were talking about USS coal bombing back in 2000 in Yemen. Correct. Suicide bombers disguised themselves as a small merchant ship and detonated right next to the coal. That bombing completely changed security posture for the Navy. Wow. Crazy. Alex Flores says, why no Ben Shapiro? You Ben Shapiro, you've been on his Sunday special. So in order to do that, and this is before we had good internet, I had to record. We, we had a, we had a low quality, like audio call. And then I recorded with a camera hard to the camera 
took the memory card out and had it driven up three hours away and then uploaded from a high speed source to a shared server. They could download the footage and then they synchronized it with the call and their footage on their end. It was not easy. And all these lefties were like, you did a Skype with Ben Shapiro. And I'm like, first of all, that was his show, not our show. We don't do uh, phone calls or Skype calls for a variety of reasons. But we welcome people to come here. And I tell people, listen, did you realize that nobody has any screens? I've got one screen and then no one else has like everyone's got their own phones and their own laptops. We just we don't, we're not set up for it. And I'll tell you this. A lot of other big podcasts won't do it either. There are some who I'm not going to call out, but they did it a few times. And then like I've talked to a lot of these people and they're like, wow, that was a mistake. It like doesn't work. The engagement goes way down. People aren't happy with it. They complain about it. There are people who just want to see, you know, Internet blood sports. We don't do that. We like having conversations in person. All right, let's see. Someone mentioned the Donald.win is gone. Mm. But it's now, I believe, was it Patriots? Patriots.win. Yeah, Patriots.win. It's the same thing. They just changed the name, I guess, because Donald Trump's not president anymore. Yeah. So that makes sense. All right, we'll do uh, just one more. Crazy Eye says M4s are full auto now. Burst stamped out and has auto now. Was in National Guard. Got out in 2019. Interesting. Well, everybody, thank you all so much for hanging out. Make sure you smash the like button, subscribe to the notification bell. Go to TimCast.com, become a member because we are going to have a bonus segment. But uh, Matt, do you want to mention your organization again and anything people need to know about how to help and get involved? Sure. I mean, we're looking for volunteers. We're also looking for donors. Um, everything helps that you can do. doesn't matter what part of the country you're in. Uh, we'll find a way to put you to work as a grassroots, grassroots lobbyist or helping us register new voters. Uh, so it's lookaheadamerica.org. Right on. And uh, Luke, I hear you have t-shirts. I, I think it's fair to say I have the best political shirts because I <laughs> own the domain <laughs> thebestpoliticalshirts.com. See, you see see what I did there? You That's know? Really smart. Uh, you can also find me on Luke We Are Change on Twitter and uh, Instagram. So yeah, check me out there. Thanks. Oh, there's right a on. store. Yeah. We're looking at it. Yeah. When you go to the best political shirts, it jumps you to the We Are Change store. Yeah, check out the bikinis. Check out the socks. Defund Very. the media. I tweeted that. Did you steal that from me? I, I steal everything. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> everything Sweet, I see, man. I just gobble it up. I'm like, that's a good shirt idea. He, he liberated I, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been on this venture. YouTube literally turned me into a t-shirt vendor. I mean, I, getting out the messaging, I probably got more views on my wow. shirts than my videos because of how many different shirts I had to create to offset me losing my YouTube revenue. Because I used to survive off making you know money off the YouTube ads. What is this? And now... Do people buy this Trump face sweater? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do. I, I wear it all the time. It's it. very very obnoxious so and it's a very uh <laughs> you know it's it's peculiar but uh it's you know i want to make uh a, a line of clothing with little pictures of animals on it yeah we're gonna I think we already do that i know and i'm gonna do it too and i'm gonna i'm not gonna do the political see you see the i am a gorilla yeah. shirt that we have if you want to get your exclusive i am a gorilla t-shirt go to timcast.com click shop boom it's right there and good news youtube has finally integrated it into uh the system so we are waiting for it to be reviewed. It's funny. It's literally just a gorilla. Says, I'm a gorilla, but YouTube's like, we got to make sure it's safe. It's a big brain gorilla, by the way. He's, a, he's, he's got, got a, a big frontal brain. lobe. Huh. It's a oh, he's a smart feller. Yep. And so that's why we're going to do the, uh, the tinfoil hat one soon. Maybe, oh, yeah. maybe next week. We got it ready to go and everything. And that's going to be special edition, which will only sell for probably one week from like a Thursday to Thursday thing. So because you, you, people are mentioning their paychecks or whatever on Friday. But uh, yeah, go to TimCast.com, become a member. We have a bonus segment coming up. But uh, Ian, you want to mention? Yeah, two things. One, I don't think druids are better than rogues. I think rogues are probably the best, might even be the best class in the game. But I like the versatility. 
personally. Yeah. I like the versatility of the Druid. Uh, number two is I'm Ian Crossland. You can follow me online at Twitter, Minds, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. And uh, later on tonight, I'm going to be gaming with Adam Krigler on twitch.tv slash Ian Crossland. Come follow me there and check it out. We're going to be playing Red Dead Redemption 2. Very excited to roll with a posse. And thanks for having me, Tim. It'll be fun. Right on. Yeah, yeah, so I'm kind of like refereeing this wild ride over here. I'm sorry, guys. It's crazy, but you know you love it. I'm Sour Patch Lids on Twitter, L-Y-D-S, and I'm Real Sour Patch Lids on Minds and Gab and Instagram. Is that right? Something like that. You can find me on all those places. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Minds, at TimCast. Check out my other YouTube channels, YouTube.com slash TimCast, YouTube.com slash TimCastNews. We'll be back tomorrow at 8 p.m. live. But don't forget, we're actually going to have some bonus segments. I believe we might even have more than one. We'll see how things play out. But that's at TimCast.com. Check it out. And become a member. And if you do run into any issues, go to uh, email members at timcast.com. My apologies. We're getting everything sorted. But uh, other than that, we will see you in the bonus segment or tomorrow at 8 p.m. live. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys.